People don't like great things. <laughs> well, they, what's something great people like? Alexander? No. No one gives a shit about him anymore. <laughs> and he was Alexander the Great. How about so, Gatsby? So. People don't give a fuck. No, I think he's still pretty... Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got his place. Yeah. If, people, if people were still reading you in uh, basically 100 years after you were written, it's pretty I'd, good. I'd be Beowulf. <laughs> Beowulf is the ultimate example of uh, of surviving the filter, surviving the cultural filter. Yeah. Chaucer, Beowulf. Really, It really narrows down over time. It's interesting. Basically, one or two people make it out of a century. And if you're one of those two people, that's pretty good. Sometimes you're the frogs, and you play about fart jokes. <laughs> it just survives. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> well, fart jokes still working. Fart jokes still work. You're not wrong. And that proves it when people are like, oh, nowadays things are so frogs. Frogs. What's it all going to be sex and violence? Yeah, Oedipus. Oedipus. It yep. always was. It always was. That's what gets the crowds coming. Mm-hmm. It's an awkward trip home with your mom and your dad, but <laughs> what do you think of the show? In the chariot. <laughs> the kid's in the chariot with the mom and dad. Yeah, just, <laughs> awkward. Uh, we'll walk. We'll walk home. It's fine. <laughs> Can I stand on the running board? No, you can't stand on the running board. Put your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to whip the horses with you standing there. All right. I'm just saying... You know, you find out you've been having sex with your mom. You don't mm. poke your eyes out. You cut your balls off, you dope. That's what you do. That's that's your move. Uh, but no, rather be blind. <laughs> then he couldn't. I don't know. I've actually never read. It. Mom's still around. It. What would you? What happens what, on her next birthday? Do you call her? Like, what do you do? You're still <laughs> married to her. <laughs> you're just blind now. How's that help yeah. things? You're still having sex with her. You just can't see who you're having sex with. Yeah, so I guess that's, yeah. I don't know. How was I? I don't know. <laughs> so, so no, I'm blind. <laughs> Why do you end up blind? I poke my eyes out. Seems like extreme. I would I would cut my balls off. Well, each to his own. Yeah. Potato, potato. <laughs> Wait, add, that, add that to our podcast for kinks. <laughs> Let's start this show. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby, and remember, we're going to be calling you randomly. And if you answer the phone with sneak a sneak a do, that is the phrase that pays. <laughs> what are we up to now with our. We've called a few people. They did not answer the phone with sneak a sneak a do. What is the uh, pot at right now? Negative 12. Negative 12. Well, a lot of people have been answering the phone with sneak a sneak a do. My mistake. Yeah. No, no. I mean, so if uh, someone answers with uh, sneak a sneak a do, they yeah. owe us $12. <laughs> well, who wouldn't want that? Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who's in a too high a tax bracket and wants to give us a little money. <laughs> That's right. I'm in too high of a tax. Wait, does that make sense? Mm. We're, we're not a charity. Well, we got a Patreon account, so you tell me, potato, potato. <laughs> potato, potato, on the, uh, that was hard to say. It's weird that tomato, tomato is actually a thing and that people in England do say tomatoes. I think in Australia as well they say tomato. Yeah, that's, you know, just say it right. I think it's interesting that the ah sound traveled to Australia, but not to Canada. Mm, okay. I guess we, uh, it's weird to me. Like, we don't, or are we just too influenced by the United States? I think that might be. Because they were, 
I, they're earlier. Were they earlier than Australia in terms of, of, I think they were. You tell us. You tell us, Australia. Well, if you, could you imagine eating uh, tomato ketchup? You couldn't. Tomato ketchup. I could, tomato catsup. Yes, yeah, so I was yes. going to say that. I could imagine Good, that. Right? <laughs> I could but imagine to, as soon as ketchup entered the picture, it had to be tomato. Yeah, it's tomato. Tomato ketchup. It sounds I, ridiculous, tomato ketchup. I, I couldn't imagine myself saying tomato. I mean, tomato. Oh, you just said... Oh, <laughs> I imagine myself saying tomato. Yeah. I, could, I can do it so well. I just, it just pops out of my mouth without me thinking about it. It still bothers me to say maths. Why are we throwing an S on maths? I don't say maths. But if you were in England, you would. I see. Yes. Yeah. If I was in England, I would be used to it. It would seem perfectly normal. But where does... Okay, so math... Okay, we're just going to put down England right They're now. correct, because it's mathematics. Uh-huh. Right. So why, why are you shortening it to maths? I don't know. You're keeping the S at the end, and then you're squeezing out the rest of the words. Whereas if you were shortening something, you'd cut yeah. just the first bit off and go math. Well, we do, because we say arithmetic. That's where we get to our... Uh, uh, we don't say mathematics. We don't say mathematics. That's right. It's weird that uh, something in mathematics and arithmetic is uh, something uh, to do with vocabulary. Arithmetic has... Though you are, with mathematics, you are subtracting uh, and, you know letters to make it smaller. So that does make sense. Yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, the important thing is <laughs> we don't use math in our everyday life. So it's a waste of time. If you're studying in school, remember, everybody, just don't pay attention. You're soon going to have something on your watch that'll do that uh, for you. So uh, better better use of your time is to uh, squirrel away some money so you can get that next new computer gadget watch. I, you know what? I, I use a lot of math, a lot of maths in my job. Okay. Give me an example, please. Well, so for instance, dumb, dumb it down, did you say? No, sum it up. I mean, it's not it's not the, the most difficult thing in the world, but we do have to make odd-sized doors. Okay. And so we have three different size panels. So there's 24, 21, and 19. And so from those configurations, we make various odd sizes. So for instance, a 610 would be three 21s and one 19. Okay. Because that's two minus, or three minus, uh, three minus 21, or two minus 21, but anyway, it doesn't matter. And then, um, you know, if you have to make a, a let's say you have to make a eight nine door, then that would be five twenty one inch five twenty one inch sections. Right. And so, if you need to make a twelve nine door, you would have five twenty one inch sections and four twenty four inch sections. So that would be eight nine plus four feet, giving you twelve nine. Just stuff like that. Those, those of you that don't know what Dave does for a living, he works in that Monsters Inc. Place. <laughs> That's right. We do a lot they of doors, magical doors that lead to kids <laughs> and give them nightmares. I wish, and um, yeah. So just you know, like. So it's not like we do it all the time, although we we do I do we do do a lot of math during the day. It's just you know it depends on your job, really. Like yeah, you don't you're you're writing words down very. Do you do you you know your computer's doing your word count for you? I guess so you're not having to do anything. I'll tell that you way. something that uh, that uh, is is a thing with uh, you know is this a good memory thing or a bad memory thing? Whenever I can't remember a name, I always remember the amount of letters in the name, always exactly, which isn't math, but in a way it's math because <laughs> it does it does contain numbers. Like, if I completely blank on a name, I will remember that the person has seven letters in their name. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I'm picturing it in my head. Yeah. But I can't fill in. It's almost like a um, Wheel of Fortune yeah. thing, and I can't turn the letters over. And occasionally I'll go like, I know there's an M there. Bing! Yeah. And I'm just like, give me another spin of the brain wheel, <laughs> and I'll somehow uh, make it there. So every time you're like, uh, Pat Sajak? Yeah, no, Pat no, Sajak. I uh, used to have a talk show. Uh, sometimes you say some really weird right-wing shit. Um, Vanessa. Vanessa. Vanna White. I know there's uh, – I know the amount of letters in her name. Five. Right? <laughs> I think. Uh, you know, yes. she never ages. 
She seems to not age. Well, she's not very, she's not showing very, like she's always very far away from the camera, right? Well, and also I think that she just goes into a chamber when she's done with the show. Okay. Like she'll just go behind that board yeah. and freeze her winter soldier style <laughs> okay. and then give her like uh, passcode things, you know, uh, homecoming, destiny. Yeah. And then she'll uh, wake up screaming and then it's like time to do the show again. <laughs> okay. And then she'll go and she'll turn the letters and she'll uh, kill a guy. And then uh, she'll go back into the chamber and they'll wipe her memory again. And she still thinks it's like the 80s. She has no idea. There must be a lot of work being Vanna White. Just to maintain that level of like similarity to yourself. Although, it's so hard to know. Maintain a similarity to yourself. Yeah. That but, is interesting. That's yeah. a very interesting phrase. How much work <laughs> it is to maintain a similarity to yourself. If you had only said this on, that sh- on, on this show, that would be enough. And I don't want to let that go by. That is a great phrase. How much work it is to maintain a similarity to yourself. Well, that's all you can do, right? Like, you know, when you go to, like when you go to your high school reunion. You do. And I do. Yes. And it's 25 years have passed and everyone's, let's face it, old. Right. And, but there's some people who've worked hard throughout their life to maintain a similarity. They're not the same. Yeah. They're not the same, but you would you, when you see them you go you haven't changed because they still are like themselves. Whereas other people they've lost their hair, they've they've got you know, they've gotten heavy, they've, you know, whatever, all the all the ma- unfortunate there's a, parts. There's a physical change. Yeah, that happen over but life. That's just natural. Do you find generally people cuz you do go to these things and I don't. Uh, do you find that uh, people are themselves still? Like whenever I look at some, uh, again, I'm thinking of the of the movie series Seven Up, where you look at the you know kids uh, when they're seven and they do visit them every seven years, and you, you still when you look at the clips of them when they were seven, they're definitely the person that they are when they're in their fifties. Mm-hmm. Like you see traits that are there, yeah, yeah for like sure. Just their core is there, yeah. just more concentrated. Do you find that when you see people from high school, uh, they are the same person? Yes and no. How do they change? How 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 are they different? Has life just worn them down, or are they happier it, and gotten rid of some of their garbage? I think that's part of it. They've got happier and gotten rid of. I, I find like yeah. a lot of people. For one thing, and you said it yourself that I don't think teenagers. Although we all say you know, like, I was never, I'll, I'll never be as good looking as I was when I was sixteen or whatever. No, no, sixteen year olds aren't that great looking because we're, we're you all smell terrible. We're all gawky. Yeah, you smell terrible. You're full of grease. <laughs> full of grease. We're gawky. We haven't like grown into ourselves yet. Yeah. You know, it's like late late thirties or I'm sorry, late twenties. Yeah, and let's remember, you, your parents bought your underwear. Whatever you're wearing, <laughs> that's right. It has motorcycles on it. it it's got. You don't even like motorcycles. It's, got, it's, it's not good. Yeah. Whatever you're wearing is not good. You may have bought that shirt. Yeah. You may have bought that shirt, but that is as far as that goes. The rest <laughs> of the gear is strictly mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, like when I see people now, I mean, obviously women dye their hair. You know, so the, as do I. Yes. As, okay, but most most men don't. Mm-hmm. Most men just let it. They let their freak flag fly sure. and just let it go gray. There's some men. You know, uh, it's hard to say though, of course, because some people may put use a little bit of yeah, just for men, just tinting it or a little bit, just let it's it. Five go. minutes for looking so good. <laughs> but by the way, if you uh, get that reference, you could probably use some just for men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do think you hit a point as you age when you. You hit that point where it's just out of your hands. Uh-huh. Unless you're going to go cosmetic, you're just you're on your you, you, yeah. You that's, might yeah. That's it, you know. And then and then if you if you try that, you try to fix the eyes. Sometimes you turn into a different race. <laughs> it's 
<laughs> not even like, a, I know not even human race here, but not even human yeah, race. Yeah, you are now a Star Trek villain. <laughs> You're right. It's true, but yeah, it's just kind of like I've noticed, like for a long time, because I have like really, I have very moist skin because I have very, I, I'm oily. You know, I like to say that you know I have acne. It keeps me looking young. And it's sort of true in a way that, you know, the oiliness of my skin has, is, you know, kind of prevented me from wrinkling for yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, I get kind of oily skin as well. Yeah. But I've hit the, hit the point now where I'm starting to see, like, oh, it's the third is coming. There's nothing I can do about it unless I'm going to have, like, you know, my face stretched out with a rolling pin or something like that. You know, like, it's not going to. Yeah, you go full Brazil. And, and I don't mean Brazilian. I mean the movie Brazil. The Brazil, that's right. Catherine Hellman with her yeah. face uh, stretched out. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, you can't. I mean, you can't avoid it. You don't want to avoid it anyway, because... It's weird when you avoid it. It's weird when you avoid it, and the alternative alternative is even worse. So, just you can, stasis is death. So, you know, you just yeah. keep on moving forward. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm just wondering personality-wise with people who, like, you know, uh, do move forward. Like, like it. I, I guess one of the things that I would not like about uh, a high school reunion, and, and Facebook has taken a little of the edge off of this, is, uh, is going... Having to talk to a, a large amount of people, of and by large, let's say ten, sure, and ten times go, "What are you up to?" <laughs> and then you basically have to say what you're up to, mm-hmm. and sum up your life and what you've been doing for at least ten years, maybe yeah. twenty, maybe twenty five, uh, and just like, "Ugh, that's a lot of work." But- and then you got to go, "What do you focus?" Like I have a hard time when someone casually, uh, you know, like I'm, uh, just says, uh, you know, like today. Uh, I'm, I'm having a coffee at a, at a place and then, uh, and then the, the surfer comes up and is just like, big plans for today? Mm. And I'm like, uh, oh, you know, it's just gonna be kind of busy. Oh, what you up to? Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> what do I do? Do I say that I'm gonna do a podcast? Cause yeah. this seems like I'm now gonna advertise my podcast <laughs> and I'm now gonna say what my podcast is. And it's like, oh, what's your podcast about? Ugh, now I gotta get this. And I don't wanna. <laughs> I hear, I hear you. Yeah, and the next thing she said, like, I, I'm also trying to do a thing now where I don't casually lie for convenience. And so the casual lie for convenience is to go, uh-huh. You know, and and so the next thing uh, they said was, uh, you know, at least we got the weekend coming up. And like, I, d- I didn't want to say, like, yeah, I don't, I don't get weekends. <laughs> but I did. I said, like, yeah, I don't really have weekends off. And I'm like, oh, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm setting up now. What do you do? It's like, oh, what don't I do? Look, like, that's just... Uh, but they don't want to lie and go like, "Yep, yeah, living for the weekend or working for the weekend." Because I'm Canadian, so I got to do the lover boy thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a Scientologist, and we don't have Saturday or Sundays. Well, I can tell, and you're letting out thetans <laughs> everywhere. What <laughs> you say? Then they just sidle away and never ever talk to. But you can't lie. That's who right. is the person in Scientology? By by Scientology, I mean, uh, but, but I, I, it's not a person; it's a being. But Zenu, Zemu, I think it Zimu, is. Zemu, yeah. and people always make the mistake when they uh, make fun of Scientology, as they do, because you know we can for a brief period of time, <laughs> yeah, until we're not allowed. Uh, we go like, "Oh, you worship Zemu," and it's like, "No, no, Zemu's the villain." Yeah, you're not hearing the story. Zemu's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. In this in this situation, yeah, they're like, "Oh, you really <laughs> worship Zemu?" Like, okay, fine. <laughs> And I know there's something volcano-related as well, but it's fine. Whatever. Have at it. Go go to town. Sure. Have a, have a nice time. Um, okay, so back to high school reunion. Uh, so so the people that you think are, uh, I would say, aging well, not necessarily like, you know, uh, doing a lot of push-ups or keeping their hair, mm-hmm. but like people that uh, are aging well as in like they seem to be enjoying life and they seem to be, you know, go, not not 
cornering and going, oh, man, I really regret. Or they'll tell you, <laughs> or they'll tell you that one high school story that you were involved with, like they just can't let that fucker go, mm. like at all. And it's just like, that was a long time ago. It doesn't matter anymore. Like I know now's the time to bring it up, but still, oh. but who age, who, what's the sign that you're aging well when you meet someone? Uh, like 20 years later, here they are. Oh, I think they're living a good life. Good for them. And not necessarily like, you know, packing in the cash, but like, yeah. what are they? Well, I think, yeah, I do think I'd say you're living a good life. Like, I think, you know, you're, you're definitely a good extension of yourself. Like you've expanded on what you are and, uh, and, sure. and lived a, a very rich and you're still in the middle of it, but rich, rich, full life. <laughs> rich, rewarding know. life. I can die anytime happy. Well, you're surrounded. I think you're surrounded by love and I think you're surrounded by, you know, a family that loves you. You've got mm-hmm. a good home. Yeah. Uh, a, you know, a nice secure home. You've got, uh, people online that, you know, uh, send you shoeboxes full of $20 bills. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good indeed. You know, it all seems like an extension of what you were laying down in high school. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. If people hear what you're doing they'll go like oh yeah 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 you're doing the comedy podcast mm-hmm. that 100 makes sense oh you got a family well that 100 makes sense da, 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 da. yeah well I, I but i do think health is part of it like when you see people yeah. at the reunion and they're they look healthy you know that's that's part of their happiness i think is is you know like if you're you think they're happy because they're healthy or they're healthy because they're happy well that's a good question it's sort of a, it, i i do think that uh healthiness is a I think, do think healthiness is a measure of happiness in people's lives. Mm-hmm. But if you're like unhappy, there's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of self-sabotage and, you know, destructive behavior. And that can definitely impact your health. Yeah. So I do think that when you see someone, at, you know, like at the last one, I saw a guy who was a friend, like we were friends in, in junior high school. We were brief, briefly friends. We we hit it off to a certain degree and then we didn't to another degree. And so we kind of, you know, we knew each other, we were friendly with each other, but we never were like super like, you know, that kind of bond, you know, that, but it was nice to see him, you know, and he was looking great, looked better than me. I was really mad. He said, let's do some (laughs) pushups. So you can do more pushups. Let's run around the building once. Um, And he, (laughs) but you know, he looked great. He was happy, obviously happy. He was, he was, I don't think he was married. You know, he did bring up some stuff about the past, but not nothing like horrible. But he was actually telling me more about things like his his life, you know, like, you know, coming out of school and, and coming and where he kind of went to and stuff like that. But he seemed like it seemed great. Right. It seemed like, you know, it was great to see him. He seemed like in a really good place. And I felt like that with m- most of the people that I've met at at the um, reunions and stuff like that, they, you know, I think people who are in a bad place probably don't come to the reunion, you know, because part of that is they don't want to like go there and have to say, I'm in a really bad place right now, you know? Yeah. Because that, you know, like you're there with a bunch of people who are kind of drunk and happy, and then you're just there kind of unhappy. You don't want to sum up the last 15 years. Uh, yeah. yeah, they haven't seen people and then say, well, you know, my business failed, I'm my marriage failed, or whatever, yeah. you know, just things like that. And you know, like, about half of the people there are divorced, because that's just the that's the, just, the, way that's is, just yeah. the damn odds, yeah. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. No. You know, and it, you, uh, yeah, I talk to lots of people who have moved on you know and yeah that's that's a different kind of awkward because they are a lot of them are you know where are the men <laughs> so you're well uh, somewhere it is weird sometimes by the way uh, on facebook where mm-hmm. i'll uh, look up somebody and just be like hey where's uh oh you got uh, you got a divorce all right there we go or like then that person i find out there are some there are some interwebs between people that i know <laughs> they're just like what you're married to that person now? Oh yeah. Oh, 
Interesting. Well, this is a weird. Again, it feels like you you're part of a soap opera where they where they kept the the actors and they just let's just mix it up. Why don't they end up with them? You know, it's like really. I think that is a soap opera. They yeah. just mix it up and mix it up, and uh, this person's dating that person. But yeah. they were they were okay. You didn't set up any of that in the past. Just like, no, no, later on they just uh, ended up like dating each other and now he's uh, her dad instead. How about that? It's like, I guess. It doesn't seem realistic, but it's reality. So I've seen it happen a few times too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing where like people reconnect. Yeah. And they've left their partners or whatever and they reconnect and, and, uh, yeah, they get married or they just never got married and they, they meet like. Yeah. I got a friend who's now the dad of another friend's child. Hmm. That's like, That's and all. those two weren't friends. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, coincidentally, yeah. they're now, you know, I'm seeing pictures of them on Facebook. I'm sure. just like, all kids look alike to me. <laughs> like, really alike. Like, wow. that color hair is unusual. Oh, it is. Oh, they are. Well, what the hell? <laughs> it's not my business, but. But you, you, come, you come out of a pretty tight, kind of tight-knit community. No, these two were not connected. They oh, were, they weren't like no, improv people like, or whatever? Not the, well, they were. Similar, but but very much different generations. Mm. Very much, they, there was not a lot of crossover there. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was an odd thing. Yeah, it is yeah. odd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah a- I do. I do sometimes have a bit of an inbred bunch in uh, my different uh, <laughs> communities. Yeah, this is a not, you know, it's just part of communities, or to be kind of. Yeah, there's not a lot of crossover between the improv and the and the and the comedy and the and and different groups, but uh, yeah. Hmm. You know, sometimes it happens and it's odd. <laughs> I was going to say there's a couple that met at the tw- they met at the twentieth reunion, okay, and got married and they've been together ever since. So, oh, did That's, they know each other in high school? They, they knew each other in high school, but okay. The, but you know, then they recon- they kind of reconnected at the twentieth reunion and started going out. And does anyone and- try to seal a deal that they didn't seal back in the day? Just me. Very good. I'm the only one, dude. No, I'm just joking. Uh, no. Um, I mean, Nail them all, Dedrick. I think, you know what? There's a difference. We've talked about this before. There's a difference between the 10-year reunion yeah. and the 20-year reunion. The 10-year reunion, people are still hung up on high school, and there's still a lot of high school uh, emotions happening. And okay. so but when you get to the 20th reunion, a lot of that is gone because people have kind of moved past that to a degree. Although I do remember at the 20th reunion... Uh, a person that we both know, I won't say his name, but he, he came and he asked me, he said, Dave, what are you doing for a job? I told him and he went, I knew it. I knew you'd have a job you hate. And he pretty much left after that, like left the, left the reunion. Did I was like, you say you hated the job. I didn't even say I hated the job, but he just, he just knew that he just was like, I said, oh, I'm a, working as a farrier now. I can shoot horses. He goes, I knew it. I knew you'd be working a job you hate. Ah, oh, that's good. And he, and he just kind of left. I was like, wow, that's weird. That's very weird. Came all this way, got babysitter. Did you say that? That's interesting. <laughs> uh, if you could give us his email, I'll send uh, our fan mail for the last uh, couple of years his way. And also uh, you know, pictures of all the cakes and pies and treats <laughs> and art that we've been sent and all that. And we'll... well, maybe we weren't doing that show when I did the, when I went to my 20th, though. So Maybe. I don't know. Can't remember what, a, what a what a queer thing! It is rather odd. Like what what were you thinking that that would be? Now, well, but I think I, when I you probably I probably uh, put my foot in it with people too, and they're like, aha, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. The, the thing is, when you're having conversations with people, you, like in those kind of situations, you you only have to talk about what you want to talk about. You know, you're not obliged to answer every question they ask. Mm. You know, like there's lots of def- ways to deflect 
questions if you're not, not interested in talking about things. Yeah. Like I found when I went to the last one, I just talked about, I think I just talked about Sparks to most people I talked to. Because that was like the the most recent thing that was, yeah. you know, I had done. And I talked about the podcast and stuff like that. I didn't talk about my job because who cares, you know? Yeah. And you also, you know, you're also in like, how many concerts do you do a, a year with, uh, with, with David? Yeah. Like a considerable amount, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You're there and you're doing this, some skits and bits and, and bites and yeah, fun yeah. stuff and yeah. yeah. Oh, that that didn't bother me when that when that happened. I just no, thought it no, was no. I'm just yeah. I'm just saying it's just such an odd thing. Yeah, it is. Odd. It is an odd thing. Here's here's something that's very odd to me. I don't know if I touched on it last week or not. And if I did, who knows? It was uh, you know it was a long show. Um, but my uh, my nephew just turned 19, mm-hmm. and one of the weirdest things for me is uh, because one of one of the things that I kind of first got noticed for doing comics was a series about me at Expo yeah, uh, and getting fired four times and there was a romance and it uh, went badly and uh, what have you. Yeah. But uh, I really concentrated on, I, I really tried hard on this three, three issue arc uh, called 86 in my, in my book, I, and so I remember very clearly being 19 and the summer of my 19th year. Yeah. And so he's now having the summer of his 19th year. And it's very strange <laughs> to me to think of him. Yeah. In that same kind of level of like, oh, where was my brain at? And what was I thinking about? And, you know, I was like, you know, live, I was living on my own with my, my roommate. Yeah. You know, I'd moved out of the house. I was, you know, had all these concerns about, you know, uh, a person that I thought I loved at the time, you know, who was clearly wanting to break up with me and was mm. trying to break up with me by, you know, uh, getting me to break up with her. Uh, just trying to start a fight that would break us up and I wasn't buying it. And yeah, getting getting fired four times, doing stand up in front of people that at a point where I shouldn't have been. I was involved in a play uh, about uh, you know uh, loneliness, and it was a musical for fuck's sake. I was a robot <laughs> twice, yeah. and it was all like in one goddamn summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm picturing all this, and I'm just going like, that's the age he's at. Like yeah. in his brain, he's going through stuff that's that intense right now, and that is so strange to think because you just think, no, he's a kid. He's just going through dum dee dee doo And I don't mean like as a dum-dum, but yeah. I just mean just like, yeah, you're young and well, you're... Not at that, but I mean, think about how much we thought we knew then, which almost seems like so hilarious now to me, but... Just the amount of stuff, the density, the sheer fucking yeah. density of like three months that I wrote about. And like, that was a quarter of the year. There was a more <laughs> year than that. I'm like, oh my gosh, because again, you're young and so you haven't lived that much. Sure. So like life is denser to you. Yeah. It's a much it's a much thicker soup that you're in. I was uh, doing generic drivel then. I was reading way too much Hunter S. Thompson, which is very bad for you as a writer. But it's it's appropriate for that age. It's very appropriate for that age, but very bad. I was reading it was weird. I was reading Malcolm Muggeridge, this British conservative writer, mm-hmm. and Hunter S. Thompson at the same time. And then I was uh yeah, I was working in the parking lot. That's why I was doing so much reading. Right. And doing doing generic drivel. We put out Van Cover, our a cassette of cover songs by different Vancouver bands. Yeah, that summer, which had a strong had a strong anti Expo '86 yes element to it <laughs> in the cover. Anyway, that was that was the thing to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was quite the time. I'm picturing like okay, I'm picturing if he was doing stand up and he did a stand up show mm-hmm. and it didn't go well. Yeah, like it bombed. But I would th- I would think like now that I would just say to him, "You got cast in a stand up show." 
Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, even if it bombs, fuck it. You're 19. <laughs> like, what the shit? Where it's like, I thought I was an adult. Like, I thought, yeah. this is this is the real world now. This yeah. is the real shit. Yeah. It's like, no, you're just a dumb fucking 19-year-old. I'm talking about me, not my nephew. It's like, no, you're just a 19-year-old dumb-dumb. You don't know nothing. You know? And uh, the, the girl that you're, you know, uh, with right now who's trying to break up with you, uh, her logic is flawed. She's a dumb dumb too. She's a dumb dumb too. I don't want to say it in a mean way. <laughs> no, it's not a like, mean thing to say. We're all dumb dumbs, yeah, we're you just, know. We're we don't all, know nothing. We're just we're just starting off in life. Like I can't think of any, like I think of the things that I did, and I look back on just like, oh, that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, jeez. And then and now I look back on it like if I looked at it as him doing it, I'd just be like, yeah, of course you forgive you. You're 19. Yeah. What the fuck do you know? You were like a kid a heartbeat ago. You were playing with dolls a second ago. I'm playing with dolls still, so what am I fucking judging? <laughs> but like you were you were. You were a kid like boom. And now you're uh, apparently, you know, you got facial hair and it's time for you to be an adult. Yeah. And and get out of here. Go you. How would you how do you would you know how to do taxes? Well how? How would you know that? Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Oof. And uh, you know. Oof. You know, I just, I just, I just, like, there's part of me that wants to give him a copy of the comic, and there's part of me that's like, that's a terrible idea. Like, you don't want, you know, your uncle giving you an autobiography of him when he's 19. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, I, maybe he'd find it interesting. I don't know. Maybe he would, but, like, maybe he doesn't want to see a sex scene with his uncle in it in a comic <laughs> book. Maybe that's not the thing for him. That's maybe a bit You know, much. and also I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm a bit of a Dorcas Dingus in it. You know? <laughs> And I think he's still trying to be cool. He thinks he's good. Yeah, he's yeah. Idea, you know, you can be cool. And it's like, yeah, I know you're. Co- you are cool. He's about as cool as you can get. Like he's, he's really very he's, cool. He's going to reach a point where he realizes how how little cool. He yeah, that's right. Is. But it's still it's really dumb to be. It's really dorky to be cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Cool does not uh, age well at all. You gotta sh- you gotta shift that to sincere real fast. <laughs> that reminds me of some guy from high school that I liked. Quite a bit, and he was like the cool guy, mm-hmm. he was a very cool guy. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then he ended up being a poet, mm. and uh, you know, he was a fisherman as well. And he was a poet and did all this these poems about fishing, and just got real sincere. And it's like that's what you have to transfer it to. You have to, you have to, you have to take it to sincere because you were still the cool, distant guy when you're older. Now you're just a weirdo. You're the weirdo <laughs> on the dock. That doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Didn't really pay off coming with your. All wearing all leather with, some, with sunglasses on to go fishing. Yeah, working a fishing boat. So when did you get? Uh, when did you step away from Hunter S. Thompson? Or did you? Ever? When did I step away? Yeah. When did it not appeal th- any longer? I think when it didn't appeal any longer was when I wrote an I wrote an article for Generic Drivel in the in with a very Hunter S. Thompson esque sure. thing, and I I remember reading you know it was published, and I was you know you just look I was looking back at it, and I was like, oh, this is garbage. I guess this is not even my voice. Mm-hmm. So, what am I doing now? If you read that now, would it be the embarrassment of you reading it, say, a couple of years in, or would you be able I, to look at yourself as a young person and, and forgive yourself because you were just a young person trying your best? Oh yeah, I. Just so you know, I've forgiven myself for everything I did when I was younger. Good. I'm, even the murders. Even the murders. I forgive all, all right. of those. Yeah. Well. Okay. You can't can't live in the past. Okay. You know. I mean, just like those people, they couldn't live in the past because no, I murdered and them. And you weren't a serial killer, technically a spree killer. Yeah. It was. It's more of a. It's more of a, a gleeful spree. Yeah. You went wee while you were doing it. So <laughs> right. who could be mad? A gleeful spree. Yeah. 
And I did it with a knife, so it was a gleeful spree spray was the result of the uh, action. And you cranked up the Brian Adams when you did it. (laughs) And everyone went like, you know what? I don't like that he's killing us, but I love this song. (laughs) Everyone loves the summer of 69. And then, then yeah, they turn over and go like, how could it have been summer of 69? How old was he? (laughs) I don't know. The math doesn't add up. I don't know. I wish I knew math. I know. But when I thought I wouldn't use math. But now trying to figure out this Brian Adams song makes no sense at all. Oh, well. Well, he was singing in uh, Roxy Roller on their second album in, what, like, 76, 77? Well, now let's figure it out. <laughs> we got to figure out how so old was, Brian Adams is now. I mean, he's just talking about, like, going to the Five and Dime or whatever. Like, as he a, was as talking a kid, about right? going to the Five and Dime. This is absolutely right. So, all right. In the summer of 69, he would have been 10. There you go. That's the perfect time to be going to the Five and Dime, right? Hanging on my mother's Porsche will last forever. I guess this, those were the... Oh, that's bad. If those were the best years of his life. I know. That's really sad. Ten years old? Like, ten years old? <laughs> Who would want that to be a best year of your life? Yeah, that's no good. <laughs> Picking my nose on my mom's porch. <laughs> that's right. Thinking about girls, but really liking candy. <laughs> girls are interesting, but also scary. <laughs> so it was thunder hanging under my bed. I was so scared in 69. I know it's a fun, it's a fun, uh, you know, n- name. Yeah, like concepts and themes. Did you know it was in the key of D major? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. So he would have been, I guess he would have been 17 when he was singing in uh, Roxy Roller. That's pretty. Yeah, he was inspired by Jackson Brown's song Running on Empty, which contains references to 1965 and 1969. Running on Empty. Yep. I liked that song a lot when I was uh, younger. Oh, and there's the naughty bit in it. Me and my baby and a 69. Yeah, that lines up. Uh, ah, you get it? You know, that rhymes with five and dime. That's right. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know what five and dime is uh, slang for. That seems seems pretty young. Ten years old to be doing 69 and with your girl in the back of a car. I mean, nothing's happening. <laughs> I guess not. Basically, you're going to start doing somersaults. I think it's going to start rolling down a hill. Say, I think they both fell over. I That's think all they both get into like an inner tube and then just roll down a hill. Is, is 69. Yeah. We used, to go in, we used to climb into garbage cans and roll down the hill. That was fun. At the park. We'd use the park garbage cans. Oh, children. Yeah. And Jimmy quit. Jody got married. Should have known. They'd never get far. Should have known that when they were 10. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> really making some dire predictions on for these four. Yeah, you should have. Yeah, I was like, no, it's this. Jimmy quit. Jody got married. And I told him, I knew you'd get a job you hate back in the summer of 69. <laughs> now I got to be nine. a ghost and just cruise around reunions. <laughs> now I got to go talk to John Cougar Mellencamp and uh, talk about his uh, his past. I wonder if he's sucking just... on a chili dog behind a tasty freeze. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> How do you eat a chili dog? Well, I mean, I think it's more the the way it looks when you eat a, a hot dog. Is that kind of look that? Hey, you Dave, get... what are you doing behind the uh, behind the tasty freeze? Sucking some guy. <laughs> Those were the best years <laughs> of my life. Back in the summer of sucking on a chili dog. <laughs> you didn't know chili dog was the nickname. That's right. That was his name. <laughs> I'm now picturing that uh, that he was just running a scam. Like he'd get a chili dog, and then he'd go up back and he'd like suck all the chili off it. And then right, he'd, yeah. he'd bring it back and just go, "Hey, there was no chili in this." I'm like, oh, jeez, oh. why did you put chili on this guy's dog? I thought I did. And he puts the chili on it, goes back, sucks all the chili off, and comes back. Hey, there's still no chili on the dog. What are you talking about, Jimmy? Get the chili on this guy's dog. I, I did. did. I did. What 
are you doing? You think he's sucking off the chili dog behind the tasty freeze? He's pulling that old scam. You all sucking off a chili dog? You mean the guy? No, not the guy. The scam. <laughs> what? Wait, is he blowing guys behind the chili? Or is he pulling the scam for free chili? Both. Okay, we really got to put someone out back. Because this is no good. <laughs> There's a raccoon with a shocked expression on his face back there. He's seen some shit. i see seen it all. <laughs> Those were the best years of my life. Now I'm picturing this guy going around the whole reunion and asking people questions like that. Did you get married? No, I never. I knew you'd never get married. Yeah. Did you ever get bangs? No, I knew it. I knew you didn't have the guts to get bangs. <laughs> That's women. You never cut your hair short. Did you ever get like a pixie cut? No, I never did. I knew it. Hey, did you ever come up with that cure for cancer you were talking about? <laughs> no. no I knew it. I knew that's why I was still around. <laughs> no, a lot of our research did uh, help with it. I knew you wouldn't. No, but really, I did move forward and we've had major steps. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's still around. No, but there's various forms that have been contained that I was helped with. I got a Nobel Prize. You didn't cure it. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to leave now. Wait, there's someone over there. I gotta ask them a question. Yeah, show me that Nobel Prize. That's a Peabody, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Okay. No, it's a Nobel Prize. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. When are we getting our Peabody? So, just to go back earlier in the conversation. Please. I got a future watch. Okay. I got a future watch. I got a, a Fitbit. And the reason you can tell it's a future watch is quite often when you go to look at the time, it doesn't tell you it. <laughs> That's how you know it's a feature. It's a special feature when you go to look at the no time. time like the present. Although it's working every <laughs> That's time. The, and they guarantee that. I, I think I've learned how to do it now, actually. It's because it just keeps turning on for me now. It's like, see, it doesn't work. But it does tell me that my, my resting heart rate... Oh, no, it's 82 right now. So I'm not really resting. I'm, I'm quite excited. What is your uh, normal resting heart rate? Um, I think around 71. Okay. Fair enough. I think well, 71, gets to 80, cell. <laughs> But this is kind of fun. It told me yesterday that I did 22,000 steps at work. Oh, geez. Good job. It's a pretty good day. I was 16,000 and some odd, but it was a busy day. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, the 10,000 steps thing was just like a like a, a thing because the symbol... Fucking Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it was a symbol it's a, like a, for 10,000 looked like, I think, like a guy who was walking. So it was just like, eh, that's easy to remember, 10,000. But there's no... Magic thing about if you do 10,000 steps a day, yeah, yeah, you will be as fit as Captain America. No, I think it's kind of silly, but it's just kind of fun. To, it's still to fun looking yeah. at what steps you did, yeah. And it kind of gives you the sense like you've climbed this many flights of stairs and you've done you have I you burned 4,000 calories today or whatever, yeah. How I do you know? I don't really climb. Oh, I guess I climb stairs in my house because we have stairs, but uh, aside from that, there's very few stairs in my life. Yeah, I don't know where it's going. I don't really do a lot of stairs either. I, I don't know if it's counting the going down the ramp is going up stairs. I don't know. Yeah, I do go up hills. Do you, yeah. do you know I go up hills? Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, do, I'm just going like my uh, my phone counts my steps. Mm-hmm. I don't ask it to. It's a little personal that it does, but it does. And then having grown up as a fan of Dick Tracy, sure, the fact that I can answer my phone on this watch mm-hmm. is mind blowing to me. And uh, as, a, as a fan of, like, the uh, 1970s Dick Tracy, it's all racist caricatures that just show up on <laughs> the 60s when you're talking about? And then, uh, is it 60s or 70s? I think it's, I think it's both. Because you had the Archie's cartoon uh, Dick Tracy as well. Oh, okay. And, uh, so I was thinking with Joe Jitsu. And, Joe yeah. Jitsu, and there was, a, there was definitely a Chinese one. Because Joe uh, Jitsu was Japanese. And there was a Chinese, Chinese character oh, as well? maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe conflating. I might be. I might be being racist about the racism. 
<laughs> taking that. And, but there was a uh, there was like almost a Frito Bandito type, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I don't. Doubt and there it. was definitely a, a dog. Yeah, Joe Jitsu, uh, Hippo Calorie, which is a, a, a redheaded street cop with a with a with a weight problem. Yeah, uh, he loved to steal apples. Mm. Uh, Hemlock Holmes was a Cockney bulldog. <laughs> You can really tell that they really read the strip. Yeah, they really, they really. They went like, "I got it." Oh, yeah, are I got you it. sure yeah. you got it? Sure. You know. I know. And uh, Manuel Tijuana Guadalajara uh, Tampico Gogo Gomez Jr. Yeah, I remember Gogo Gomez. Yeah. Which was uh, voiced by Mel Blanc, mm. who went uh, so just Speedy Gonzalez. That's all we want. I'll just do Speedy Gonzalez. Just do sigh. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, Paul Fries did the voice though for the for the series, but it was basically he was doing uh, Mel Blanc who kind of developed the voice. Yeah, hmm. so uh, he's got a that character's got a sombrero and is often seen lounging in a hammock while waiting for his assignment. Of course, he's lazy. Yep, you know. Okay, here's a here's a question. They once did a crossover uh, with with a, with another character. Okay, uh, and this uh, this character. Um, let's see. How can I go with this character? This character uh, famously had a, a Christmas special. Go with that. Famous okay. Christmas special. Okay. Did have a comic strip, but not a crazy popular comic strip. Okay. Uh, did have a live action movie. Uh, Leslie Nielsen played him in the live action movie. And uh, who did Dick Tracy uh, cross over with? Well, I'm totally confused now. Leslie Nielsen played him in a crossover movie. Had a Christmas special. Yep. Had a comic strip. He, he did have a comic strip. Yeah, most I, I only know that because I had a couple of the collections of the comic strip. Oh, okay. He had a regular okay. cartoon series. They had a lot of shorts of, of of him having his adventures. He was a short fellow, mm. short bald fellow. There, does that help in any way, Mr. Magoo? Yes, sir. Okay, it was a crossover with Mr. Magoo. <laughs> huh? Yeah. That's I I once saw Mr. Magoo at Ice Capades, uh, but he didn't see you, Jim Backus. Was ah, my was boy. Ah, you've done it again. He did a monologue, which my mom was aff- offended by. She oh, wait, wait. So Jim Backus, not Mr. Magoo. Like it was yeah, it was Jim Backus, Backus, yeah. But he was doing like a Mr. Magoo-style thing, right? Like kind of Sure, sure. And then he did like a monologue. Oh. But, but mom thought it was a little too blue. The jokes were a little, little too... Oh, that was uh, his character, Mr. Mablue. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mablue. Yeah. <laughs> the guys behind the... the. Uh, oh, sorry. I walked uh, into you. I didn't yeah. know. Well, I knew. I knew what I was doing the whole time. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. uh, sorry. I thought you were a chili dog. <laughs> That's so funny, though, because my mom felt the same way. She took me to see Gordon Lightfoot when I was in grade four. Okay. Which was great. And... Yeah. But she left. when we left, she was... I said, well, that was really great. And she said... She said, oh, I, she said it, was, it was good, but... His material was just too blue. Because I guess he told some, like, band jokes. Because I'm saying, it's a grown man on stage at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre. What do you think he's going to aim his stuff for the Mr. Yeah. Dress-Up crowd? Well, he had the adult version of some of his songs. Like, there was the erection of the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was there in gym class. He looked at a lass. And there's the erection of Gerald. Sure. Gerald. Edmund Fitzgerald. You could see it through track pants. <laughs> Did not lead to romance. The erection of Edmund Fitzgerald. Wow. They told him go jogging. He said, "I'll be slogging." This erection of Edmund Fitzgerald, <laughs> and they all pointed and laughed. And then he lost his staff. That man named Edmund Fitzgerald. You don't hear that song very much, but that's because he he you know split the copyright amongst all the people that, that were involved with the song, and so it's hard to. Or, that is or, nice. 
That's yeah. actually that's actually the problem with the work of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Is he gave the he gave the copyright of the song to all the pe- all the people who are okay survivors of the uh, good. I was about to say like that's not the kind of song that you really want to cash in on. No, no, but, yeah. But the problem is, is like for pe- people to like cover it or anything, you have to get everyone to agree. Oh, okay. And so it's really hard to get like you know how, how about parody songs where it's about an erection and gym class. No, we're sued. We're dead. We're done for. <laughs> this show's over. I thought it was bad that I was stealing Bell and Sebastian's song for the last uh, uh, okay. 10 years. No, no, this is... Uh, I had a follow-up with uh, To Sundown, so I'm glad... Go glad down, you la da dee dee What's your favorite Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's basically it. <laughs> that's pretty much you got it. That's what you get for loving me. Yeah, you know, the whole thing. It's interesting. There's a documentary with about him. I didn't watch all of it because I wanted Lisa to see it because I was enjoying it so much. I was like, I'm enjoying this so much. I want to share how much I'm enjoying this. So, But it was interesting because at the beginning of the the show, they were playing a song. Maybe it is That's What You Get For Loving Me. It's just kind of a song where, you know, the, the theme of the song is like, I'm a rambling guy. You know, yeah. I can't be tied down to one woman. And he's listening to the song. And you know, he's in his 70s now. And he's listening to the song and he goes, this song is so terrible. I, I can't even stand this song anymore. Like the whole idea of it is... You know, I'm tied. I can't be tied down. He goes, this is so immature. Like, what are they thinking? He's just so mad at that song. It was really funny. He's really well spoken. And you know, he, they went for a walk down Young Street. He still lives on. He still has like his townhouse on Young Street. And they're walking along, and he's going like, "Oh, this was over here, and that was there, and da da da." It's really, it's really great. Yeah, it's really he's fun. Got to another watch. song like that. That's because uh, I know they were both on a on a cassette tape that a person I was going out with gave me to okay. give me a clue. Um, Gord's Gold? It wasn't, it was, no, it was just, it was a mixtape. <laughs> oh, it was a mixtape, okay. <laughs> but there was one song by him that was That's What You Get For Loving Me and there was yeah. another one that was also very similar of just like, I'm gonna screw you over, it's gonna <laughs> be real bad. I'm telling you in this song, seriously, pay attention. This is a red flag, this is a red flag, this is your only red flag. Wow. More red flags will follow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I forget what this song was. I'll try and I'll try and remember it, but yeah, both of them were on there. It's like, man, this guy really cornered the market on "I'm a Jerk" songs. Yeah, well, I mean, he's good looking, so I guess he had that kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, you tap into that "I can change him" market. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I'm a rogue, I'm a bad guy. You don't want to be with me. What? <laughs> Here I am. Yeah, I remember I that was the thing. Uh, how many times do we say "I remember" in this <clears throat> podcast? But uh, that <laughs> I'll just start saying "I dismember" as sort of a. Back, yeah, back in my uh, days that were the days I would cover in that comic I talked about, <laughs> uh, I would have I would have friends of mine say, "Oh yeah, I met this girl. Oh boy, you should not go out with her." I was saying to this other person, "They would be the worst together. These yeah. two. Yeah. Oh my god, you should never even meet." <laughs> so of course, <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. make some trouble. Yeah. You know, it's like no, no, really. <laughs> You two together would be, oh boy. Like, hmm, sounds good. I'm dumb. Yeah. No, you got me. Where have you said, I found the perfect person for you. I think you would love them. I yeah. think this would be great. Like, you mm, don't like that. Yeah, that's pretty what the reaction Whatever you do, buddy, stay away from that haunted house. You don't want to go in there. Oh, that went over there. Yeah, the one that's like six guys have gone in there and they ain't come out. Uh, maybe I'll go in there and just check it. Oh, I'll go look no, for you them. Don't want oh, no, you I just want to go this. check. No, but I'm going to give you this free house over here. It's beautiful. Uh, nice uh, picket fence. No, it's got a pool in the background. No. Oh, that's really great. Uh, yeah, just don't go into the murder house. <laughs> what about the murder house over there? <laughs> And so on and so forth. Yes, you're right. People are dumb. But my watch can get messages, so there you go. No, I do like your watch. Your watch is it's pretty uh, pretty impressive. Thanks. It's black right now because it's... Whoops. 
Yeah, see, it's not. Can you can you turn it off? As in, like, say you go to a movie theater, it won't, uh, you know. <laughs> it doesn't. It, it doesn't make a sound anyway. If it has a, an alert, it just it just vibrates on my wrist. Okay. So it doesn't make make noises. It surprised me that um, going back to the movies, uh, people are still on their phones. Like that has not stopped. Like, people are like the movie's about to start and someone's just still on their phone. They're looking, showing it around to their friends. Yeah, they're back and just like, really, this isn't enough of a novelty for you. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm of two minds. I'm okay with people watching or being on their phone because I'm on my phone through the commercials. Okay, like I don't think that's fine. I don't shut my. I don't want to watch car commercials or whatever. So I, I do stay on my phone. It's my little protest against those stupid commercials. But I understand. As soon as the trailers come on. As soon as those pieces of popcorn tell me that it's trailer time, I am. Uh, I put my phone away. Yeah, it's weird that. Uh, but I don't mind people talking during the trailers. Oh no, that's absolutely fine. I like when people are excited or kind of mention, you know, will be like, "Oh, I really want to say, see that." Or whatever. I mean, no, that's fine. Like, I, I don't want that during, during the movie though. Like, no, no talking during the movie. But oh, I'm really trying to find that song that <laughs> it's bugging me. And now the uh, the the Gordon Lightfoot song. Oh well, man, I love Gordon Lightfoot. I really do love Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Well, like I say, I, there's something so Canadian. Me too. Soothing. Me too, because I loved him so much. My mom took me to see him. But I forget that I like Gordon Lightfoot so much, and then it's it's sort of like sometimes you know I'll forget that I really like Anne Murray sometimes, mm-hmm. and you'll just like all of a sudden an Anne Murray song will come on, like huh? And I would never <laughs> in a million years think I'm going to yeah. put this song on. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to play it in a car. But as soon as it comes on, you're just like there's something Canadian about it. Just like soaks right into your bones. You're just ah, oh, yeah. Turn it up. Let's go. Yeah. My uh, aunt, not really an aunt, but my aunt growing up, she looked like Anne-Marie. Mm. So I was, when I, Anne-Marie and, and her are kind of mixed in my mind, both blonde, both short-haired. I remember my mom singing to Anne-Marie on the radio. Like that would be one of the people that like when Anne-Marie's mm. song would come on uh, immediately. There you go. Yeah. My mom liked John Denver. She always sang along to Calypso, but my mom could not sing. She had no. She could not carry a tune. She she mm. has. Uh, she sings out a tune. So does my my middle brother. How about your father? Your father. Is yeah, of course he can sing. He sings barbershop. Right. So he can he can harmonize with the best of them. Do you ever show you how to harmonize? No. Hmm. No, I I can do that. On, I learned that on my own. I guess. Okay. I just think it's something you can hear. I'm never. I don't know. I'm never. I'm not a hundred percent on it. Still, mm. I've done it in in shows. Yeah, I've done it. I guess the only time I've ever done it is in shows, um, where it's been necessary. I've done it on buses. I've yeah, done it. I think there's no other place that I would harmonize. <laughs> harmonize with the vacuum cleaner. I don't sing in a choir, so you know I would not have uh, that time to, to to do it. But do you harmonize in choir, or is that not yep. a thing that happens? Yep. Okay, because yep. yep. we have four different parts in the choir, right? So that each of those parts have their own note they're singing and it makes a pleasing chord and by the way displeasing chord how is the world of the choir is that i was just going to say that when you brought it up because i was just going to say i just got an email from our choir director saying that singing is allowed in in church again Mm. and uh she'd like us to start rehearsing because on september 12th we're going to have a back to church sunday and um which we normally do anyway after summer is over because a lot of people kind of put church on the old back burner when most lawns need to get mowed and other things need to get done. And so, yeah, she said, wrote and said, you know, if people are up for it, we can start rehearsing on Tuesdays again or after church on Sundays if you prefer. Oh, or, nice one. And we have a, she has an anthem she wants us to sing. Canadian National Anthem? The Canadian Anthem, National Anthem. Well, that's, she calls it an anthem or songs that just the choir sings during the service. Oh, we, okay. We're not singing, you know, we're not leading the 
the service and so people sing with us. We're just doing like a little, this is for the choir only. So if someone in the, uh, in the congregation sings, you go, shut up, <laughs> shut your damn mouth. We pointed them. Yeah. And, then, and, and then you just like walk down with your <laughs> fist, like here, come over here, seven year old woman. I got a couple words for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I was super excited. Cause I'm, I love, I love choir, which is funny because when I first started going to the church, I go to, because before that, I'd gone to I'd gone to morning service, which is different than communion, like a communion service. It didn't have it didn't have communion. Okay, it was just it was just like a morning service, and you know, you just there was some prayers said and blah blah blah, and then you'd leave. And it was like a half an hour service. It was pretty great. And then I started going to um, St. Dunstan's, and this, I went from going like for half an hour to like an hour and fifteen minutes or an hour, an hour and a half services. I was like, what the fuck is this? All the singing, stretch, like this, you know what they call it? Stretching it out. <laughs> we don't need to sing. Let's just do the stuff and get out of here. But no, now I'm, now I'm one over. I'm one over to it. Can cool. I say? By the way, the song that I was thinking of, I believe, yeah. is I'm Not Saying. I don't know that one. I'm not saying that I love you. I'm not saying that I care if you love me. I'm not saying I, I care. I'm not saying I'll be there. I'm not saying I'll be true, but I'll try. Like it's uh, it's something like I may I I may fuck around, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm gonna give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You well, know, you'll think about me when I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another one of these. I'm a I'm a bad boy. Yeah. But uh, you know what are you gonna do? I'm Gordon Lightfoot. What are you gonna do? Go out with Stompin' Tom Connors? <laughs> God no. He's gonna stomp on you. I got a light foot. That's the kind of thing <laughs> the ladies like. You don't want a stomping guy. Yeah, that's right. Ketchup song, ketchup song. It's the ketchup, ketchup song. <laughs> I do not like Tom, some of Tom Connors. I do. It's just too, just too. I am repetitive. I, that is a that is a challenge that I would take up someday and just go like, I bet I could find you like three Stop a Tom Connors songs that you would go. You know oh, what? The good old you hockey know, it, game. He's just said so much. Okay, when that when that song plays at a hockey game, yeah, and you're singing it, are you not having a good time? No. Really? Don't like it. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's, I don't know. I, actually, well, you are half American, so I, I don't know. Maybe don't you're not Canadian been, enough. I don't think I've ever been in a game where they played that song. Really? Okay. Yeah. I have been to uh, to, but youth hockey. Okay. Youth yeah. hockey. They play it. No, I'm at the rink and they start playing the Violent Femmes, and I get all bitter. <laughs> Why? Like, we got made fun of for listening to the song when I was in high school. Now they're playing it at freaking arena. It's ridiculous. Well, that's a fair point. Fakes. Yeah, you don't like a Sudbury Saturday night. All right, that's I don't fine. even know. We're it. Very different people. I don't know it. We're very different people. <laughs> yes, yes. I like music. Uh, here's okay. Here's okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so here's the chorus to Sudbury Saturday Night. Okay. Yeah, the girls are out to bingo and the guys are getting stinko. We'll think no more of Inko on a Sudbury Saturday night. Yeah. Come on. How do you not like that? <laughs> How's that not like uh, opening and closing your uh, other podcast? <laughs> Beautiful. How come it's not on listening party? You're right. Yeah. It's like the guy could take any like uh, town, yeah. you know, Medicine Hat, Medicine Hat. That's where it's at. It's Medicine Hat. <laughs> you're like, yeah. Like, you just would it'd be perfect. Hey, speaking of listening party, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you talking about Stomp and Tom Connors. No, please. It, but part I also of our want to show is you. to plug other podcasts that we do. Yeah. I just want to mention that. Tell me. Lay Mary, it down. For Mary and I are recording the final episode of Listening Party this weekend. Oh, my gosh. And so... How many episodes has this been? It's 70. 70 episodes. 70 episodes? Yeah. yeah. Holy smackaroni. Pretty good run, considering it was bi-weekly. So when you started, 
How many did you think you were going to do? Or was it just like, yeah, we'll do it till yeah, we don't? I had some, well, my, because the original, I was originally thinking it would be like, I don't know, 25. Wow, you were really fucking wrong. I was really wrong. Oh my God, you were so wrong. It's <laughs> pretty, pretty off. If you're on prices right, you would have lost. <laughs> I would have lost badly. Unless everyone else guessed much higher. That's true. If they've gone over. Yeah, if they've they gone over. Episodes. If they said 175 episodes, whatever. You know what? Whatever. The guy's got to go 75 episodes because that's a good number for it. No, he's going to cut it off at 70. <laughs> that happened That happened to work a little while ago. Uh, someone, we often will like, when we're weighing something that we're shipping, we'll be like, what do you think this weighs? And I'm terrible. I'm the worst guesstimator in the world. So this is a joke. I went 14 pounds. And everyone else was like, mm, I don't know, 800, 700 pounds. Everyone was over. So I won. Yeah. And the, one, one of the guys who's... Uh, uh, he's Indian. He was like, no, 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 I was closest. I said, no, you're over. I said, oh, no, but I was closest. I said, sorry, price is right rules. Can't go over. Yeah. Everything's price is right rules. That's just math. That's his life. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, did you not hear the sound? Trumpet doesn't lie. Trumpet doesn't lie. He's good natured, though. He, he went, oh, okay, I see. I get it. Yeah. And then he turns to you and goes... Wheel of Fortune rules, motherfucker. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, you don't. Get on the wheel. <laughs> what? Ah! <laughs> I'm spinning. And, and then Vander White comes out from cryogenesis and <laughs> shoots you. Oh, but sorry. All right. So you're doing your 70th episode. Yeah, we're doing our 70th episode. It's final episode. So if uh, listeners out there have enjoyed listening party, please write in and uh, give us something to write, read out on the show because we're doing some uh, top fives, top five uh, things, and then... Top five like lists of mu- music and then reading comments. So nice. the more the maharrier. So uh, that is going to sneakydragon.com and you could uh, leave a message there or you could uh, do the normal things, which is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's email or, you know, all the other things you can do. The yep. regulars. Yep. The regular things. We'll tell you more at the end of the episode, but those mm. are those are the good ones. We, we just might. So, yeah, it's been, uh, I've got to say, it's been a lot of fun. It got a little... Got a little overwhelming near the end of the coloring, mm. you know, just, just a lot of life stuff and, and, yeah. and work stuff. We're really busy at work right now. And then, and then, uh, you know, just, and so it was kind of like, I gotta do research. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was, but you had so, the one week where the chickens hosted the show. That's right. All the songs were uh, the chicken song. Yeah. So over and over again. love that song yeah all the people that covered that song and a lot of people covered that song song. there's the uh metallica version of it it's pretty good it was uh the the version done by uh, hot popcorn or hot butter damn it i got that wrong I got it wrong, though. Ah, fix it in editing. I'll fix it in editing. You know I will. You know I will. Not. <laughs> Who cares? If I had the time, I'd do all of tequila. That would just lead up to where you got to yell tequila and instead just go, <laughs> But I don't have the patience. I'm sorry. Um, so there. But yes, everyone should listen to Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. And if you haven't listened to it yet... You got 70 damn episodes. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. We stretched it out. But when I started, I didn't... My my thinking was that we would do one whole 
mixtape in quotation marks per episode. Sure. I didn't realize how much our yakking would, you know, f- like fill, fill time. So I re- quickly realized, oh. You wouldn't, re- you didn't realize you'd be yappy. Yeah, no. Huh. No. How many episodes deep were we in Sneaky Dragon by that point? <laughs> Who knows? Had you heard completely Beatles? <laughs> I know that's yeah. That's been the uh, that's the measure measurement. Um, so so yeah. how did you how did you fire Mary? How did you do it? Well, it was hard because my daughter, yeah. as you know. But no, you also had to fire your announcer, which is your other daughter. Yeah, that was tough too. So uh, you know, like here's the thing: when you're going to do something like that, yeah. you got to be upfront. Sure. You got to be like, you kind of have to be a little bit mean, I guess. You, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, you don't want to stretch it out. You don't want to cut it. I wrote him a letter. <laughs> That's the classy thing for a dad to do. I was thinking about that actually when I was editing the last episode and I put, I put Eve, I mean, obviously Eve did, did this once way back when, but I was putting she's it. She's still collecting money from it. She, she gets royalties. Obviously. <laughs> Unlike Belle and Sebastian, whose song is used over and over again, they get, they get dick all. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet FA. Uh, the, the, um, I just was using that. I was putting the theme in and, and Eve introduced it. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to miss hearing that. I miss hearing, you know, welcome to the Singing Dragon Listening Party with my dad and my sister Mary. It's like, oh. Well, you can always make that like your alarm in the morning. I could do that. Yeah. Well, let's make it something I'll hate, like a phone ringing. <laughs> you want your daughter to become like a sound you dread. No, it's fine. You know. It's fine. And by the way, if anyone wants to work with uh, Mary for a podcast, well, she's available now. She's available. She's great. Yep. She's no, great. you know she's great. Listen to 70 episodes. You see, like, she's, uh, <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she's good. She's got the experience. Yeah. She's uh, Malcolm Gladwell her way into, uh, you know, success. And she knows how to how to keep her dad in line. So Yeah. Oh, dad. Pretty much. Oh, pop, pop. Oh, dad, you're wrong. And <laughs> here's why. Oh. Did you ever consider any other names besides dad when you were had kids like this? I was like, call me Papa, call me Daddy, call me. I mean, they, I was Daddy when 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 I when they were little. Yeah, it was Mummy and Daddy. Right, Dad's a later kind of thing when you get too cool to call someone Daddy. Like, that. yeah, but there was never anything. No the other names. No, I mean, Mima, Peepa. <laughs> well, no, because those are meaningless to me. Sure. You know, like, I don't, like, I couldn't understand, like, what does it mean? Like, if it means something to you, like, that's fine. Yeah. But for me, dad, like, you know, my dad was my dad. Right. And, and the idea of having my kids call me by my, by my name, like, call me David or whatever, like, that just seemed like, so, like, there's only two people in the world who are, I'm dad, a dad to, you know. Yeah. There's only two people in the world who can call me dad, you know. There's many people who can call me daddy Sure. You know, guys wearing berets with sunglasses and smoking cigarettes, they can call me daddy Sure. But I'm only dad to two people in the whole world. And the idea of not having that as an, you know, not having that, that name. It if you sense. become a grandfather, what do you want to be called? Grandpa. Grandpa? Yeah. No, not Gramps? Grampy? No. Once again, not, pop, pop. not meaning, not meaningful to me. Like my, okay. my grandfather was my grandpa. And okay. so that's. Were, were, oh, well, did you have two grandpas or you just have one grandpa? I, do, I had two grandpas, but my mom's dad died when I was about six. Yeah, mine mine uh, passed when uh, four, I believe. So okay, I don't have any memories of them. I have memories of my grandfather. By now, they're conflated with photographs of my grandfather. Sure. Like I think that's the problem with memory. You say, yeah. "Oh, I remember that." You Do remember you? him as being two dimensional. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He's very flat. He was always in a frame. <laughs> he's always very flat. And me too. I was always flat in my memories. 
Uh, no, I do remember him, but very. I mean, now it's it's totally like very vague. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, but now it's it's very. Yeah, he di- uh, my my mother's father died on my sister Lee's second birthday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, oh, like it's weird sucks. hearing that and just going like, I I think at the time I thought that's rude. <laughs> it's very thoughtless. It is. It's thoughtless. It's just yeah. like. You know, could have gone a day before, could have gone a day after. No, you got to ruin a birthday. Nice. <laughs> uh, my grandfather died of a massive heart attack. What did your your grandpa? Um, Was it unexpected? Like, that sounds like it kind of came out I'm of nowhere. I'm guessing, yeah, I never pursued oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, my other grandfather uh, had two heart attacks. Um I'm not biologically related to anybody, by the way. I'm adopted. Uh, yeah. he, had two, he had two heart attacks. And then uh, I think it might have been lung-related later mm. on. It was basically whatever you would call natural causes from a life of smoking. I see. Yeah. Emph- you know, emphysema, basically being, guess, yeah. a, being a person who grew up in a certain era where you drink every night and you <laughs> smoke every day and <laughs> you had two heart attacks and haven't. Still eat a bacon sandwich and <laughs> nothing changes. And hey, we're gonna die anyway. Here, here you well. go. Well, I think there's other things to. Uh, yeah, I'm not one to. I'm not one to judge him. And I, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just remember, like all my life, he was always coughing. Mm. Always had big coughing jags. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother quit smoking, mm. uh, and I'm, I remember my father quit smoking as well because mm-hmm. uh, I think he didn't want to be a bad example to us. So good on him. Do you remember him that. smoking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember my dad smelling of smoke. Yeah, I remember my dad smoking too. I remember his because he he smoked uh, the cigarettes that have a little cat on on the uh, cover of the cigarettes. There's a little black cat. Yeah, uh, my dad would smoke the cat ones and would smoke the um, sailor ones and sometimes the nice lady ones. <laughs> I remember the nice lady ones. I think my mom smoked De Maurier. That was De Maurier. I think. Yeah, was the nice they were ones. all appealing to kids. It was like, oh, yeah, what a nice weird. sailor. Oh, a nice cat. Oh, yeah. that's a nice lady. You know, and now I guess like if, if you buy a pack of cigarettes, it's got, you know, cancer mouth on it. So it's like to scare the kids. You don't want to see that. Interestingly, my dad, I think maybe not to jinx himself, he never said he was quitting. Sure. He just quit. Yeah. And so it was sometime like maybe um, uh, six weeks or whatever into him not smoking that I went, hey, dad, where where are your cigarettes? Because I realized I hadn't seen them for a while because like, I liked the package. And he's like, oh, uh, I quit. And I was like, oh, cool. Which is weird. I like the package, but I never liked cigarettes. Like, I never put one to my mouth in my whole entire life. Sure. Like, not even as a kid. I remember as kids, my brothers, if my mom had to run into a store or whatever, and she just left her cigarette, you know, burning in the ashtray in the car while the car was running. Of course, everyone. A perfect place to leave three boys. Um, my brothers would, like, put it to their mouths. You know, like, oh, I can smoke like, you know. And, but I was just like, ugh, that's just so, so weird and disgusting. Um, do either of them smoke? Both of them smoke. There they go. Yeah. Yeah, smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My youngest has quit. Although he's replaced it with vaping. I don't know if that's actually quitting. Mm, yeah, yeah. So the la- nice lady one was Export A. Oh, that's okay. I was thinking of a different one. My mom smoked a Marie. I think she still does. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to look at the one with the, with the kitten on it. That seems like... Craven A? Try Craven A. I will, I will definitely try Craven A. Hold it a second. Craven... <laughs> Craven A. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's like Craven asshole. Craven A. I just see like the package with Craven and then in quotes A. Oh, okay. Um, That's a weird. I guess Craven mean you're craving A smoke. See, I don't want to put cigarettes and then a cat because I feel like I'm going to see a cat smoking. <laughs> smoking a cigar, hopefully. All right, cigarettes and then cat uh, logo. Yeah. Logo. 
Uh, well, there's black cat cigarettes. That's actually a pretty fucking cool. I don't think that was. I don't think that, that was is it. definitely not what it was. No. Yeah. Uh, it's very subtle. It was like a small square with. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about too, and that's why it's bugging me. Uh, I, I used to really like smoking Popeye cigarettes, though. Those were good. And <laughs> sometimes you get the can the 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 package the the gum ones that had the real like camel or whatever, or maybe it was a mock up of a camel. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm smoking camels, unfiltered gummy camels. Look at me, I'm a tough guy. <laughs> yeah, I'd walk a mile to eat this candy. Yeah, I think there was a thing too about cigarettes where, first of all, seeing my grandfather cough was just like, oh, well, I don't want, I don't want part of that. That's mm-hmm. no good. Um, though I did occasionally smoke uh, in college when I was uh, 19 and dumb. Um, <laughs> but just because girls were smoking and it was like, well, I don't know who the girls are, so you know, I can fake smoking. Um, That's going to impress them. It, you know, you just got to be where they're at. That's the thing. Uh, 99% of success is showing up. That's what Woody Allen said, and he's fine. <laughs> Um, what was I going with the cigarettes? Oh yeah, I it's think fine. I think it was like um, uh, one uh, seeing my grandfather cough, yeah. and two, there was a lady who lived uh, friend, a couple of houses over who would come over and she had a cigarette, and she would always be like waving the cigarette around. It was very uh, you know uh, just gestural. Um, <laughs> yes, that's not a word at all. Uh, and uh, occasionally it would hit my arm. Oh really? And it would be like. Oh. And it would burn me, and I would be like, fuck! So I would say, fuck. I would say, <laughs> you know, geez, fiddle faddle. Yeah, yeah. Whatever I would say. Yeah. Um, Fart. Yeah, I would say something. And, uh, and yeah, it would burn. And, mm. uh, and I was like, I don't want to be part of this. This is burn. They hurt. Yeah. I, I, wonder... I was burned with a cigarette accidentally too many times, I would say. Well, I have stated in the past that part of my avoidance of, of those sort of things, like drinking coffee and smoking and things, was a refusal to to cop to growing older. Sure. And that seemed to me like those were steps into it, adulthood I didn't want to take, much like graduating from high school. Players uh, players cigarettes were the one with the sailor. Ah, players cigarettes, yeah. Yeah. yeah there used to be a uh, painted billboard in Aldergrove for players. They, mm-hmm. they painted over it, though, the jerks. I like uh, yeah, I like the logos. I don't like the smoking. But I remember a, I remember a girl running up to me as I was walking home from school one time, and she grabbed my arm and she's like, "You don't smoke, right, Dave?" And I said, "No." She goes, "And you're never going to smoke, right?" I said, "No." Like cause that was the time, right? Like you just you knew they were bad because you you got all the propaganda about how bad, bad they were for you. So and she so she's like she's like, "Good, that's great." I'm like, okay, oh, cool. We're all on the same page. None of us are going to smoke. Love it. I'm in. Sign my name. Right. Year and then later, she went, and then she went. Do you want some pot? <laughs> like what? No. A year later, I started smoking. Yeah. And I was like, "What happened to this agreement we all had? I thought we signed an agreement together that we yeah. weren't going to smoke." Yeah. That's but that's anybody. It's like if there's someone who's going, "I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I am never going to drink. I'm not going to drink ever." <laughs> it's like, of course you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You never have that intense a thing. Yeah. 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 You know what? You're never going to so- see me sucking on a chili dog. <laughs> Who? Yeah, you're going to see oh, 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 oh. Within, a month. within a goddamn month. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I remember uh, there was a there was a, a girl in high school who um, yeah lit a cigarette, put it in her mouth, yeah. and I went, "Can I see that for a second? And uh, she went, "Sure," just because. Uh, and I just threw it away. What are you thinking? She's like, "That's a cigarette. I know that's expensive. I know, but you're going to die. Don't do this." She's like, don't ever do that. I'm like, I know, but I like you. Don't smoke. I'm like, I'm going to smoke. All right. And like <laughs> many years later, she's always remembered that. And she just went, yeah, you were right. I shouldn't have smoked. <laughs> well, of course, back then, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're immortal and dumb and yeah. what have you and what have you. Yeah. 
And the fashion police have ruled that it looks cool to smoke, and so smoke away. I'm uh, I'm two weeks now uh, from the vaccine. I've had the second vaccine. Cool. So this is now. So it makes me a month away. What's that? Makes it a month since I had it. Oh, good, good. Okay. And uh, it's just a bit of like right, speaking of like health things. So I'm going to try and uh, get a bit healthier now, like cool. actively try and be a bit healthier. Yeah. Uh, I was. I think I mentioned on the show that I was having some swollen ankles. So I went in and found out that I had an arrhythmia, which sounds worse than it is. Sounds much worse than it is. Um, because what it puts you in about a four percent danger zone over ten years of having a stroke. Oh. So it's about four. Basically, the the things that I've got with me, the arrhythmia. Yeah. But then I've got very little else. Like I'm 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 young enough that I'm not past this point. I don't smoke. I don't do like any of the other shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you if you if you lay it out, it's about four percent chance. Over. What about what about chili dogs? Yeah. Well, chili dogs. You know, they that's a spicy a dog. <laughs> it's about a four percent chance over ten years that you could have a stroke. Okay. But that's enough for them to go. You know what? Four percent is four percent. Let's yeah, yeah. let's take a look at this. Yeah. And so uh, you know, I'm on blood thinners, which reduce uh, here's where your math comes in, which reduce your chance of having a stroke by eighty percent. So four percent, and then you reduce that by eighty percent. Yeah. But uh, I would still like it to be less than that. Mm-hmm. And I would still like to try and take care of the arrhythmia if it's possible. So there's a couple of ways of going about that. One, you can uh, get your heart basically restarted with electro uh, you know, electric shock yeah though that's not the best thing in the world and there's a lot of dangers to that or you can try and uh be healthier and hopefully things will correct themselves on their own so what i'm trying to do right now is trying to do kind of a pescatarian thing uh, i was already like back to swimming so i'm now trying to e- either swim or walk eat every fish day and swim like a fish basically it's the all uh <laughs> man from atlantis plan uh but what what i was thinking about was like there's all these people i know who went, who I admire. And, you know, even someone like, I like Kevin Smith. He's fine. He's, he's good. He's done a lot of good stuff and he seems to be a very, very sweet guy. But there's a lot of people like him that are around my age mm-hmm. that, you know, have that one bad thing happen. Yeah. And then after it happens, they go, you know, that was uh, what they call the widow maker. And, uh, you barely made it out of that with a, ooh. And so then they, you know, he's on blood thinners. He's on like this other stuff. He's doing this. He's also gone vegan. Uh, but there's so many people that I'm aware of, both in real life and people that I admire yeah. that all went through the, okay, here's a, here's a bad thing that happened. And now I'm going to change things. Mm. So my perspective right now is just like, you know what? I just came off of a pandemic. And we survived a pandemic, yeah. which was, who the fuck knew that, you know, bad things could have happened? You know, I know we could, we came out of it, but that was fucking dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, you know, I'm finding out about this, which I sort of kind of knew about already. I already knew there was like, you know, uh, occasionally my heart would skip beats. But like I have been to cardiologists in the past. They went, it won't be a problem for many, many years. So just try and be as healthy as you can. And, it's, and if it's going to be a problem in the future, we can deal with it then. A kick in the can down the road. But I, I want to kind of deal with it now and not have the bad event yeah. and then change things around. Let's just get, let's just skip right to the <laughs> trying to take care of things sure. and not have the da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, that's, that's kind good. of where I'm at mentally, health-wise. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, it is the scary part to me isn't so much like something strokey or, you know, what have you. And arrhythmia is not a heart attack thing. That's a, the, the danger is stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, is is just the idea of like, what am I going to replace the foods that I crave with? It's just so weird thinking like 
trying to avoid these things that I, you know, or have been comfort to me since I have been that dumb age that I talked about earlier. Yeah. When you were immortal and you could have all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. when things were tough, I could always go and have a burger and a this and I'd just sit down and read and I'd just be like, okay, things are all right. That was my comfort thing. It was like, I'd fuck off down to Vancouver. I'd go to some cheap burger place and I'd read and I'd write and, and have something sweet and I'd have a Coke yeah. and, and there you go. And it's like, that is not a thing that's good now. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no. I don't. Unless you, unless you have, and you know, I know you're having a Coke right now. So, you know, sh- first of all, shame on you. Um, <laughs> really? Shame, 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 shame on, shame, really? shame, shame on you. Uh, but no, your system can handle it and you do different things and you blah, 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 and you blah, 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 Apparently, I don't, who knows what's happening inside me, but it's, uh. Yeah, I feel well, like Well, you generally know what's happening inside you. You I feel <laughs> I feel like yeah, I mean like I have a coke like once a week. It's not like although I'm going to have one tonight probably. Right. And I'll have another one tomorrow night cuz I'm going to the movies tomorrow. But it, normally I don't have pop all the time. It's not mm-hmm. like a regular thing. We don't keep it in the fridge at home. Actually, we do have root beers in the fridge at home, but the weird thing is they've been in the fridge at home for the last like month. So yeah, it's, I'm not, you know, I just not a, I'm not a huge pop drinker. I like it a lot, but I just, I don't, you know, I just don't think it's super healthy to have a ton of, ton of pop. Yeah. It was my, it was my dad's drink. My dad's drink was a Pepsi. Mm. That was his thing. And so I drink like a Pepsi a day. Or if I went to my grandparents, which was kind of my place where I was safe, yeah. you know, on Fridays and I drive, that's where I would learn, I kind of learned to write and draw. And they were the first people that kind of encouraged me to do that. There was always going to be burgers. There was always going to be like some sort of chocolate type thing, probably. Mm-hmm. And, the, and there was always going to be Pepsi. Mm. So it's just like, you just lock in your mind. This is love. Mm-hmm. This is love. This is reward. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's tough to like take that out and just go, you know, you can cold turkey it and go, I'm just going to suffer. Yeah. Uh, or you somehow substitute it for some. I'm just looking, by the way, at the Kevin Smith thing. And I remember like there was something that, you know, some people almost always have one extreme thing that they do. Okay. And his thing was uh, two gallons of milk a day. That seems what, uh, yeah. before before the incident. Yeah. He doesn't drink milk anymore. He's uh, vegan now. Okay. But yeah, okay. he would drink two gallons of milk a day. That seems like way too much milk. I think I think you're correct. That seems way too much. I think I think you're correct. Like... But there's something in your head that probably goes, that's healthy. I guess. You know, I'm not drinking whiskey. I'm not smoking. <laughs> I'm drinking healthy milk. Yeah, I yeah. was told that milk was good. Yeah. I'm but, drinking it. But it people fills who make me it. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I do think milk is fine for you. I just, I don't think two gallons of milk is. No, I don't think so I don't think so two either. gallons of anything is good. I don't think probably, it's probably not good to drink two gallons of water a day. I don't know. Depends what you're doing. I guess, but well, you, what you're doing is peeing. Say <laughs> you need to replace electrolytes if you're just uh, if you're drinking that amount of water. Like you mm-hmm. can't just drink water. You need to. So what what made you kind of a gym goer? Vanity. Yeah. So what 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 age did you kick into that, or was that straight from high school? You just kept it, during high school. It? Yeah, I started to uh, do do weight weights and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I just would do like. I think I had... Yeah, there's no YouTube or anything there. There's no YouTube then. That's right. I had like a, a weight set that I got that had like recommended um, exercises in it. And I just adopted those as my exercises. Right. And I would do some things that I that I liked from... Or that I thought were good from... Like at that time, I was pretty intense about it. I used to, I used to work out like two hours a day. And then I would also swim laps in our pool. You know, it wasn't like a full-size 
swimming pool. It was you know a backyard pool, but it was about thirty feet. And yeah, was, whatever whatever amount of time you're in there is I still. I would swim time. about three hundred feet. Like I would swim a hundred laps. So when you're doing two hours of weights, mm-hmm. are you just like playing music and yeah, and enjoying the music? And that was the hardest part was ch- choosing the music to listen to. Well, because you'd have to change it, wouldn't you? No, not necessarily. I could just leave. I could leave the the phonograph on repeat. Oh, really? Like, if you yeah, if you hit, if you t- there's a part like the thing like, like an arm that if you didn't okay. put it down, it would the needle would go back and start again. Okay. And so yeah, I could just do it that way, or I could just flip it over. But it's just a way to avoid lifting, right? Was to oh man, what am I gonna listen to? Hmm, let me look at these records really carefully for half an hour. But yeah, no, I used to do that, and then I also used to do wind sprints, which was crazy. Where would you do those? I would go to North Delta and do wind sprints. So oh, I would the track. Yeah, yeah, I would kind of jog there, and then I would do uh, wind sprints. So that's like a 100-yard dash, 200-yard dash, 400-yard dash, and an 800-yard dash to finish up. Now, was that because you, you had dead. done that in school? and so I did that in men's fitness, and so I yeah. thought that was really super challenging. Like, it really hurt to do that, and I thought, that's really great. That's That's got to be good for you to do something that's that, that's that you know, that feels that that uh, right. hard to do. Like, when you're a teenage boy who been, who's been running in gym class for the last, you know, six years or whatever, or five years, grade 11. So then to, you know, to, to like have that much of a gasping, like barely able to stand up a feeling, I just thought that's great. I'm going to keep doing that. So yeah. I did. And I did that for quite a few years. I think I basically stopped doing it after cancer. Because after cancer, it was harder to to get back into to lifting and stuff like that. And my life changed, you know, pretty qu- quickly. I was going to school, I had a kid, had a kid, had a house. A jaw, you know, suddenly your life changes. So, but you went and you had a very physical job when you worked on the boat. The boat was physical, shoeing was physical, and because and then, um, and then what I start, I was still shoeing, and I think I was in my mid 30s. I started started going to the gym again, right? This is a uh, horse shoeing, this is not shoeing anything away. <laughs> That's not shoeing. Get out of here, get out of here, you get, get away from this five and dime. I, uh, you're doing with that chili <laughs> I would, uh, yeah. So I think about 35, I, start, I went back to the gym again and started like seriously lifting again. Now, did you get any instruction on what to do or? Yeah, that was that one of the nice things about the gym. There was like, like there were people there that would put together a, you know, like talk to you and then put together a plan. And so, because what because what I've seen on that is like the guys go through a period. Like to me, I see guys. I see guys who go through a period where like, I'm just going to go back to the gym, and then they go and then they burn out immediately because they don't know what the fuck to mm-hmm. do. They don't know how to pace this. Yeah, they don't know how to work the gym equipment. They're yeah, like yeah. lifting too much weight. Yeah, uh, they, they, you know, no idea. And they and because they're really uh, macho, <laughs> they don't want to ask for help. Yeah, yeah. I'm the opposite of that. I will ask for help. Right, and you do it in a droopy voice. <laughs> I don't know how to lift barbells. <laughs> Could you help me with these barbells? <laughs> so then, uh, yeah, it was Ouch. good. It was good though, because yeah. you know, and then you could also change it up. So I think, so the first, you know, this first kid helped me with a, put together a plan for me, and that was very good. It was a really good plan. And then I got another person to to do a plan for me because I, I kind of felt like I was it was kind of I was sort of stagnating in that with that and so then I got another guy to put together a plan this guy was way more into like bulking up so I got actually got really like big big arms and big shoulders and I felt that was a little too much I thought that was a little over the top for what I wanted so then and then I got a, a back injury and so then this um this uh, woman she put together a workout regimen that's good for your back okay as well as you know you're doing like a pretty regular and all of them are six day plans 
they're all because I go to the gym six days a week, so they're all six day plans. So each day had its own. Oh, that's good. Components, whether arm day, back day, shoulder day, whatever, chest day, and then yeah, and so I. But I really like I really like working out. Like it's not just it's not like a, pro- a problem for me. Like it's something I sure. actually enjoy doing. So when you work out, do you have uh, headphones in? And are you still yeah. on music? Yeah, yeah. And then I read. I read while I'm on the uh, the walking machine. Right. Oh, on the walking machine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Why? What's wrong with that? Well, just I, I, I can read when I'm in a bus or I can read in a car. Yeah. But like I think reading while walking, I would oh, just fine. be bouncing up and down, and that would probably. I know. It's, I just keep it on the th- the thing in front of yeah, me. Yeah. Even so, it's so sitting, though, so. you're moving while your oh, eyes yeah, are moving. I guess it doesn't bother me. Interesting. That's okay. fine. I can't read while I'm running though because my glasses fall off. Okay. So that doesn't work. So I have to just listen to music. I do read when I'm on a, a, a exercise bike. I will be able to do that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't do exercise bike. I just do uh, walking, and then because see, I have to get back into it now. So I have I haven't been to the gym for over two years, partly because of working, and partly because of uh, COVID. Right. So all those things combined to keep me out of the gym. So because this when I started going back again, COVID happened, and so I had to stop going. And then I'm too shy to like go there and like figure out what I'm supposed to do. So I need to like I just want to I'm just gonna like go back. Just yeah. walk in the door at six in the morning and be like, here I am. Deal with it. Yeah, that's what you should say out loud. <laughs> here I am. Deal yeah. with it. So, yeah, they'll be like, where have you been away for a long time? Well, uh, I will survive, please. <laughs> I'm sure they'll remember me. At least the owners, like the people who I saw a lot. Will... Right, because you used to steal. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Be like, I don't, stealing. <laughs> I don't want you stealing from here. Or sucking a chili dog in the back of the... I'm I'm enjoying um, a graphic novel right now. Oh, uh, by Allison. I just look. I'm trying to get the name exactly right. By Allison Bechdel. And here's a nice thing: a lot of her books pass the Bechdel test <laughs> because they're written by Allison Bechdel. So this is this is not Fun Home. This is not Fun Home. It's her newest book. This is the one about her mother, or is it the other this one? This is not about oh, her mother. Okay. It ties in exactly to what we're talking about. Okay. Listen to this. Sure. Listen to this segue, Jack. <laughs> you might think like the previous 500 episodes. Can't, you know, talk about hoses. Hey, there's a dolphin. Yeah. You know, and it's bad. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a book. Uh, it's called The Secret to hum- Superhuman Strength. Oh. And it's her uh, just adventures in exercise. I see. And like, you know, learning to bike and learning to run and mm. all this attempt to like be uh, fit. And she's like, she's not a, a bulky person by any means. Yeah. But she's always been a fit person. She's always interested in fitness. Yeah. And so it's all the different things that she's done. And mm. it's it's interesting to to read it as well. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, at, at certain points you're like, oh, that sounds great. That really makes me want to go biking. Oh, that makes me not want to go biking at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, cross country skiing sounds pretty. Oh, I don't know about this. Oh, damn, man, uh, uh, judo sounds for. Oh, I don't know about judo, but it's a it's a very good book. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. I feel like I'm on the wrong side of all that stuff. Like I, you know, like I did try to re I did try to reintroduce um, skipping rope. Okay. Into my, into like recently. Yeah, that seems tricky when you're a little uh, older. Yeah, yeah, I really hurt my knee. Oh shit! And not, not my knee. But what happened was the my calf muscle. I got this ball, like this super tight ball in it, and it was pulling all on the all the ligaments in my Ooh. knee, and so it felt like my knee was was really sore. And but it was all to do with this ball of of muscle in my in my calf. Now, do you uh, uh, 
you don't really see a doctor that regularly, right? Like you're not like a, a yearly check-in and how you doing guy, or are you? No, I faithfully every decade. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that's the kind of thing that is good too when, you know, you go in to see your doctor and just go, I'm doing some exercises, I'm doing this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And they'd probably like direct you to someone just like, oh, okay. They'll <laughs> straight, if you yeah. want to do that, here's Calm how down. you do it. Well, I mean, the and problem- also look at your health and go like, or look at like, you know, your past and just go like, you shouldn't be jumping on that leg. What are you doing? Knock it off. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was just more that I hadn't exercised for such a long time. Sure. That I was overdoing, you know, what I need to do is, you know, I'm going to go back to the gym quite soon. And so what, what I will be doing is walking. Yeah. And lifting weights. Good. But I'll be lifting low, low amounts of weights for the next, for the the you know the next little while until and I'll slowly build back up to what I was doing before, which was uh, walking one day, running the next day, and then doing weights every day. Yeah, and I'll get back to that, and then it'll be fine. But I can't just like jump back into it and be lifting or and running as I was when I started this whole ridiculous thing. Yeah, I'm doing this ring fit thing, and the uh, the running elements are uh, maybe not the best idea for my knees. But uh, I do like the uh, I, do, I do like the, the the stuff with the ring itself, like okay, so pulling it, oh, on things, pushing on things. So it's isometric exercises. Yeah. yeah, and then there's also stretches involved and what have you. Good but, stretches are really important. Yeah, and and, and it's a lot of uh, trying to uh, blow things up, and uh, that's fun. So you want to blow things up, but you got to like squeeze the ring together and do things. <laughs> and it just is such a good distraction for me. It's really up my alley. Sure, sure. Yeah, our no, friend stretches uh, are Nina super Matsumoto important. is also doing it and uh i'm assuming she's like level triple diamond platinum <laughs> sure yeah probably whereas i'm uh you know good natured schmuck that's that's your rating right now yeah that's good yeah i'm sure her her uh her little uh, guide is like uh, holy cow you really <laughs> topped it you want to put your name on the leaderboard and mine is how you doing fella you got other stuff going on in your life you know maybe you should give that cat some attention <laughs> There's nothing wrong with sitting down. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hey, let me, buddy. Let me take a little breather. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you just take a little... Uh, yeah. Someone call an ambulance. <laughs> did, did that game just say someone call an ambulance? Oh, no. The ambulance attendant is Waluigi. This isn't good. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Get on the stretcher. <laughs> he doesn't have a medical degree. <laughs> Most of them don't. Who are lifting you up and down on yeah. stretchers anyway. It's so basically, oh, I don't want to say that as me. No, no, yeah, because they might uh, be picking you up at some. I was quoting someone who was a paramedic, right? But I don't want to say it anyway because it's okay for them to to that's down, correct, yeah. to say say bad things about themselves, but not for me because they do do a great job. It is interesting because uh, you know, in in having to go and get some tests in the last little while, mm-hmm. I have just been like hanging out and doing stuff near the emergency, and it is weird just hearing the ambulance folks just yapping. Mm. Just like, oh yeah, they're just folks. <laughs> just yapping at some regular shit. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, and now you gotta go and like deal with something unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then coming back and, and bring a person here, and then it's just back to okay. Back to back to ones, everybody. Here yeah. we go. But they can they can do it and they and they have to. A pretty small part of your day is is dealing with really super big crisis things. A lot of it is just showing up. Sure. Just in case kind of stuff. Well, I heard 99% of uh, success is uh, showing up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're an ambulance. It's very important to actually show up as an ambulance. The person I know who's a paramedic, they, they wisely said, if you're looking for a job that's exciting, it's the wrong job for you. If you like dealing with people, 
that's that's what that's more of the job is more to do with dealing pe- with people than excitement. It's like uh, if you're looking for a job that's exciting, why? <laughs> Some people need excitement in their lives. Okay, don't worry. Any job will get exciting if you want it to be, and if you do it wrong, <laughs> don't worry think, about it. I think they want a job that's both you do it right and is also exciting. I think that'd be a hard job to find, though. I mean, yeah. I think people who get into like policing because they want to be like. You know, have an exciting job. It's not that's not what it is. It's a service job. You're yeah. you're serving the public. If you're doing it correctly. If you're doing it correctly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your your role is be a servant to the public. You know. Uh, to quote Simpsons, as you do, unless you're crooked, then yeah, then it's, yeah, then it's, it's, it does get very exciting. Yeah, then it's garbage. Yeah, it's garbage, and you're garbage, and you make things terrible. And don't be terrible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a job that I'd want to do that would be just like I just want a job that's exciting. It's like, well, sometimes, once mm-hmm. in a while, yeah. how much excitement do you want in a day? Half hours worth of excitement? That sounds about right. Maybe. But you don't want like eight hours of thrills. <laughs> it depends. On your, roller yeah. coaster repairman. And you got to repair it while you're on well, the roller coaster. It's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the thing, stuntman, that'd be a pretty exciting job, I guess. But but most of that is set up. Yeah, you're That's right. boring. That's you going like, how much explosives is in there? Okay, let's double check that. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. is that bag full? Let's okay. make sure it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the same, like being a paratrooper. A lot of that is checking your gear, making sure yeah. all your stuff is, is is set up and, you know, and waiting waiting to jump. Yeah, going up in the air and just sitting there, or being like an, like an actor at all, like like you know, it's like oh, it must be exciting to do these like action movies and this kind of stuff. Yeah, except you got to memorize your stuff, and most of it's you're in your trailer. Yeah, <laughs> most of it's 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 like that was something Michael uh, Michael Kine. Um, which again, how do you say it? Just say my cocaine, and you've said Michael Kane correctly. Um, <laughs> said uh, you don't get paid for acting; you get paid for the time you spend not acting because that's the boring times. Okay, you're yeah. paid. You're paid to sit in the trailer. Yeah, just look around, and it's like mm, keep memorizing those lines. Don't lose them. It's boring to do this, but you got to keep keep doing it. I guess that that's a good point. I guess I mean I I guess that is part of it. I mean you're being paid. I mean you're being paid. I mean you feel like you're getting paid for the part that's boring, which is yeah. most of movie making is mostly boring, sure. mostly boring waiting around. Yeah, you know, like you act for the occasional food. Yeah, like that's you cool. act for five minutes, and then you wait for fifteen or twenty minutes or more. For the next the next setup, if not more, yeah. I'm mean, just thinking, like for the same shot, like sure. maybe you might do that over and over again, over and over and over and over and over and over again. But you're still waiting for the shot to like start again before you can for stuff that has to get cleaned up or set yeah. up, and the cameras have to get put. Everyone has to go back into position, and then you start the scene again, and you have to be in your position, and you go through your state steps. Yeah, that'd be very tricky. I'm trying to remember uh, the movie he was in. So, uh, it was an early film for Tom Hiddleston. Okay. And uh, he was saying, like, he made the biggest mistake of his life on this. Who did? K- Middle King? Tom, uh, Tom Middleson. Okay. Uh, who we all know from uh, Loki. We all know from the Nate manager. Uh, the Life and Adventures of Nicholas Nickleby. Okay. So he's so he's uh, he's got, like, two lines. He's a lord, and he's at a dinner scene. Yeah. And so uh, they say, all right, you guys are just, like, eating dinner. Yeah. Eating your dinner. And uh, and you're really enjoying dinner. And uh, and go. And so they shoot the scene. It's quite a long scene. Eats his dinner, has some soup, has two glasses of uh, drink. <laughs> it's like, yeah, felt like he really nailed it. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's good. And cut. Okay. That's great. And then they all go off and do something. Okay. All right. Reset. Reset. Okay. And so they basically have to do this like about eight more times. <laughs> okay. So, Tom, you ate a full plate of food. Yeah. You drank two big glasses of drink. So we're going to need you to match that every time. Here we go. <laughs> and so I was like, what? 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. I I do often comment on characters like nibbling at their food in movies because often people will be like, "I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse," and then they grab the food they're going to eat. Nibble, 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 and you're like, because yeah. mm, you know how many times you got to do that shot again. So. Yeah, if it's a commercial, there will always be a spit bucket that's next to you. Okay, and uh, and and you're and you're good. But when they do that take, where they like got a Coke commercial where they like tip the bottle up, and it's just like go 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 go. That's not. That must get tired. You really got to nail that one. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're. Or right. oh boy, how do you how are you not just wrap? <laughs> That's one thing. <laughs> or just it burns. Like it's not it's not a pleasant experience drinking a whole bunch of yeah. pop at the same time. I uh, I remember trying to do the Benny Hill thing of uh chasing sexy ladies while slapping old men <laughs> on the head. No, um <laughs> Uh, the I ben- tried that too. The Benny Hill drinking thing, where like you know, he takes a beer and just like puts it back and basically opens his throat and just. Oh, he could do that, could he? Yeah, he could do three oh. beers in a row. Wow. That would be a thing. He just bump, 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 done. And another guy would be like starting to drink his beer and then look over. Whoa! I was like, hi, hi, yeah. Um, but I try, I, I tried that. I, I got pretty good with the water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doing that, but it's an unpleasant feeling. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't see how you do it with a Coke. Like, it would just be, oh. oh, just so much gas immediately. It just burned. <laughs> but Say. also, what? where's the pleasure in it? It's not about pleasure. It's I know, a but stunt. It, it's a stunt, I guess. But if you enjoy beer, like, why do you want to drink beer like that? Because like, you're an alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> and you want to get as much alcohol in you as fast as possible I so guess, you can get drunk. I guess you you make sense. Or you, yeah. You've answered Because you don't question. like home and you don't want to go home. You want to be drunk at the bar with the pub with the fellas. <laughs> That's what you want to do. Sure, sure. And then, uh, again, chase the sexy ladies. Slap the old man on the head. Well, yakety sax, please. Did you know it was called the yakety sax? I did not. All I knew was it was a series which occasionally would show actual breasts. <laughs> I never liked it. No, no even though liked it. it. Even though it had necessary. Even though it had breasts on it, I didn't watch it. Because yeah. I was a comedy snob. That's, that's fine. I know. What a prig. So people, that's what people said to me when I was that age. You just hunted it down like it was gold to me, like nudity on the thing. <laughs> it, it would bother me in uh, in junior high school yeah. where people go like, hey, you see Emmanuel this weekend? What? Yeah, yeah you know, it was on TV. On yes, what, what channel? It was on uh, Channel 13. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, they had the scene. And then, of course, they, oh, what happened to the scene? And, of course, they make up crap. Yeah, yeah. That did not happen at <laughs> all in the scene. But you're just like... Oh, you got to see the chat with the thing of the sh- Oh my so god. There's a lot of suggestion in that movie. Yeah. But it didn't matter. It was just like, oh boy. Oh boy. So a lot oh, of people were wearing clothes oh having boy, sex. Oh boy, oh boy. No oh one boy. undresses in that oh world. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> they may show some boobage, but other than that. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> I'm fine. I saw that uh, I saw that at my friend's house and I saw Emmanuel too when I was babysitting one time. That was on TV. Electric Boobaloo. <laughs> That's what it was called. Emmanuel 2. <laughs> hey, Emmanuel, we got to win this breakdancing contest. <laughs> I do not know. I am uh, French. I am French. I I'm French. French. I like, uh, we do this dance called the baguette. <laughs> very stiff and stand uh, upright. Okay, fair enough. Let's see how it goes. Oh, it's like the worm. <laughs> she moves like a snail. It's, it's like a very stiff worm. You don't That's move right. as much as you think you might. It's a baguette. It's really... Not that great. I wonder how many Emmanuel movies there were. 
I love that blues song from the French blues song, La Baguette Man, but La Baguette Door Man. Because that was a, that was yeah. a thing. Like the Baby Blue movies were ones they would show on on Channel Thirteen, mm-hmm. and that was kind of how they you know made their bones. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Moses Moses Zneimer. Moses Zneimer <laughs> was also one of the people who backed the Rio Theater. Yes, I saw him there one time. Yep. It, it always blew me away um, how he had a channel that was sex TV. Yeah. Just like sex TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, the um, the TV station is just down the street, basically. From, yeah, yeah. It was just down the street from me. And on the side of the building, it just had a gigantic sign that just said sex TV. And just thinking like, and that failed. <laughs> How bad a business person do you have to be to, like, you have sex TV? Yeah. Eh, no one wants to watch it. How bad were your shows? Like, well, you, you know had what? it. Go on. Like, the internet started. Okay, that's fine. But still somebody. Can't, can't Like, compete. you're not going to watch that? Like, you, you failed with, I can't, I can't stress this enough. Yeah. Sex TV. <laughs> I wonder if he was the, I wonder if, because he was back east, and I wonder if he was the inspiration for Videodrome, in a way. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it's like a exploitation TV station, like some small TV station okay. in Montreal or Toronto, wherever it was. And, you know, James Wood is like this kind of sleazy station manager looking for, you know, material that will get the get the audience eyeballs on the channel. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. I know he's now a little Zoomer thing. It's a Zoomer magazine. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Zoomer magazine? Yeah, Zoomer. It's like uh, they're like kind of like baby boomers, but not quite. They're Zoomers. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. Huh. If, uh, yeah. It's a uh, uh, yeah. He, it's, it's I guess if you're 50 plus, uh, and yeah, he uh, it was in 2008. He created Zoomer Media. Yeah, it was that's a thing that he did. <laughs> there he is. He made his bones. Yeah, we've used that expression twice now. What? Uh, made made their bones. Really? I believe we did. Oh, yeah. just uh, which you know, and and neither of us used uh, made his boners. When we were talking I, thought, about I thought you were going to add that. Yeah, That's... I thought so too, but I thought like you know what? Mm. Okay, zoomers. <laughs> here's what. Oh my god, I don't like this description at all. Okay, tell um, sock it to me. So zoomer media. Yep. According to Zymer, uh, these media uh, it is uh, zoomers or. Baby boomers with zip. <laughs> yeah, I'm not for that. Hey, Zoomer. I'm not a... Yeah, hey, Zoomer. Oh, he must not have liked that at all. <laughs> not at all. That's an interesting thing about Videodrome. I wonder... Hmm. 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 <laughs> we can only speculate. We can only speculate. Although, to be honest with you, I have one of those... Uh, Faber and Faber movie books, like Cronenberg on Cronenberg kind of Yeah, books. and did he mention that? I don't know. I'll have to go take a look. Huh. Take a look. You got me you got me interested. <laughs> I got you curious, hey. So um how are things in the world of your bathroom? <laughs> uh it's uh, kind of well, actually, I don't know, did I tell you about um I don't think I no, I think I did that the day after we did the five hundredth episode. Did I tell you about my flood? No, please. Oh, okay. So <laughs> so this is the day Why after we're we talking about Moses Zimmer when we got flood stories. <laughs> this so. is not super long, but okay. so the day after uh the five hundredth episode, mm-hmm. I took out the bathtub. Took out the toilet, took out the counter and the okay. sink, and threw them away. Took them to the dump and threw them away. Okay. I took a bunch of drywall, and I learned that you just can't throw drywall away anymore. You have to... Wet it. Yeah, that's right. Wet wall is fine. Wet wall is fine. You have to pack it, package it in a, in a, in a plastic bag. Oh. So you have to buy this really like thick plastic bag, 
and you have to put you have to cut up the ply or cut up the drywall, cut it up, put it inside, and then you have to make a gooseneck. You have to like make you know make this really like twist twist the top of it and then fold it over and then Jeez. duct tape that together. Is there something really toxic in the drywall that they? Did I the, guess so. I didn't be. realize this. Well, you also have to wash down the bag. With a paper, wet paper towel. Yeah. And then throw that into the bag. Are they thinking there's asbestos in this? Because this feels asbestos. I mean, it's gypsum, but maybe gypsum's also... Maybe the particulate is such a fine particulate that might have a... Maybe. That's precedent. interesting. Okay. And so then and then you take that bag and you put it into another bag. Jesus. You wash that bag down, throw the paper towel into that bag, and then do the same thing again. Gooseneck it. Whoa. Duct tape it. And everyone has to be double sealed. Yeah. Before you can take it to the dump. So I, I, I bought four bags, thinking that would be enough. But actually, the four bags was only enough for... Uh, what I had, so I have to buy four more bags and and double double. How expensive double, are these bags? I don't know. I bought them with some other stuff. So. Okay, it's not not killingly expensive. Okay, so. fair enough. Now listen, I need to hear this flood story. Hit so me. anyway, so so I took out the sink, right? So okay. like when you take out the sink, like in an ideal world, uh, our sink would have had like shutoffs inside under the sink. Sure. So any kind of work I was doing, I could just. Turn off the shutoffs. Just like with a toilet, you can turn off the shutoff from the wall, and then right. you don't have to worry about the water from the toilet. Yeah, it's a funny joke to play on your uh, brothers and sisters. <laughs> turn off. I never thought of that one. It's good. <laughs> Wish I had thought of it. I guess it's too late now, or is it? <laughs> Christmas is coming. I'll let you know. Uh, so then, that'd be good. Just go to someone's house and turn off the water to the toilet and leave. <laughs> it's very, very tempting. Anyway, so so I um, because the first time it will still work. Yeah, the tank would be full. That's right. So you're you're like you're long <laughs> gone. Long gone. You're long gone. They don't think like Dave. He wasn't. He was here yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a guy's gone to the bathroom since. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then I can blame me. Who turned this water off? But anyway, um, so then, so but under our sink because our house is old and was made on the cheap, uh, it doesn't have the shutoff. So I have to turn off the water from the like all the water in the house. Oh. In order to do anything with the sink. Okay. So I thought to myself, well, this is a perfect opportunity, since I'm doing this anyway, to add some shutoff valves. And then I can just use those and turn off the water to the sink. Okay, yeah. And I can have a, I can have the sink off, like the sink gone and the bathtub gone and not worry about it. Because I've already I already soldered some uh, fittings to the to the bathtub pipes. Right. And 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 then added some plugs to those. And so and so that that those that's fine. It's not gonna leak everywhere while I'm if we have the water on. And so I went to our local hardware store and I, and I was kind of looking at what I needed. And a kid there said, oh, you should get these, these things called shark bite. And I was like, oh, I know those because I had to use them once before. He said, yeah, they're a little more expensive, but it's much easier. You just pop them over the thing you're doing and then you'll have your shutoffs then. I'm like, cool. That sounds great. So I bought those, took them home, put them on, turned on the water, water spring everywhere out from under at the bottom of them not i didn't sound like i'd fret turn them off right. no there was no water coming at the top it's coming all spring on the bottom of them oh, yeah and then i ran downstairs and at that moment the handle to our water shaft decided to break and so it just came off of my hand oh my god so then i'm like racing back upstairs and grabbing some pliers and i'm like trying to figure out well first i was trying to figure out like using the handle i was trying to yeah, like, yeah, do yeah, it yeah. why isn't this working oh my god <laughs> and then i noticed water was like on the floor running towards me because it was pouring oh, down oh. into the basement from upstairs. So then I race upstairs, grab some pliers, race back downstairs, turned it off at, at the mains. And then, and I was very upset. And so then I went upstairs yeah. and I'm like, okay, these, these are obviously defective in some way. This is ridiculous. So right. I, I went to take them off, but I couldn't even like pop them off. Cause I have a little tool that's supposed to like push this little cuff up and then yeah. you can pull them off. Nope. Didn't work. 
So I had to cut off my cut off my copper piping again, a little lower down. So you went back to the store and talked to the kid. I went back to the store and talked to people. Yeah, <laughs> and I said, I said, well, these are defective, or something was wrong with them, or or I'm yeah. defective. So then I just bought ones that are normal, like you just yeah. heat up with your blowtorch and and solder. You know, you solder them together. Holy shit, that's. And then they're just fine, right? They just work perfectly yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Why am was I... there any permanent damage? Or... No, no, no. It was fine. It was just some water. It was okay. okay. It was well, water, water is not just water. Sometimes, yeah. But it, you know, it came down and it was fine. It came down through our furnace room. There's no like okay. ceiling to it or anything. So okay. it, was, it wasn't terrible. Everything's fine. But it was just sort of disappointing because I was going to just buy the ones that you solder on, and then the person was like, "Oh, you could do that, or just do this easier way." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, the easier and cheaper way." But no. So yeah, I wasn't very happy. Mama mia! But I wasn't like super mad at them or anything like. What's the point? What's the point of getting mad? And no, so get get even. And that's where we are right now. Turn so off their toilets. I have <laughs> turn off their toilets. Yeah, go into their bathroom. Um, so yeah, I've got I've the toilet's gone, the countertop and sink are gone, the bathtub's gone, and then I took out the linoleum. It turned out there was two layers of linoleum in there, and one layer, <laughs> I guess it was coming up a little bit. So they went well instead of gluing it down, let's just put in four hundred nails. <laughs> so it's just a million nails in there. So I just like pry all these nails out of it. And uh, so that, that's that's all taken out now. Wow. And it's all down to bare wood in there. And yeah. I, I need to... So the next thing I need to do is get a seal. Of, it's... Um, I can't remember what it's called now. It's it's like a plastic kind of f- floor that you, you, you thin set on. The same way you tile it. You just put a thin set down. You mortar in this, this special... Um, what do you call it? Like a membrane... Right. What it does is it separates the floor and the tile so that whatever the wood's doing below it, it doesn't affect what the tile because oh, it has okay, this membrane in between it. So I need to do that and then put the tile down on the floor. But first I need to put the bathtub in and then do the tile. So that's my... Sorry we didn't announce this earlier, but this is Tub Talk. Okay. It's, I thought it was Tile Tales. Uh, tile Tales, uh, which is a division <laughs> of Tub Talk. <laughs> that's right. Division of uh, Tub Talk Incorporated. And so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's coming along, but it's very slow because we we have to go and like choose a bath that we want and and find the fittings we want for it. And because I want to like put like a uh, one of those um, what do they call them like a rain like the rain spout or whatever like the the kind of like where it's, it comes out quite a bit far from the yeah. from the the wall and then it, it falls down even more like rain than yeah. like spraying That's in the face. That's what we have upstairs. Oh yeah, yeah. So I want to put one of those in in upstairs. So ours is directly from the ceiling. Yeah. Oh okay but, okay. But yeah, it is very nice. I guess that's the way we could do it as well. I mean, I you could want just to cut out the middleman. Yeah, I could just take out part of the ceiling. I don't know which way the joist the joist run though. I guess I could look. I think no. I think well, it doesn't matter. Well, uh, there's a thing called shark nips that might. Uh, <laughs> nope. I mean, they those work because I used them when I was putting in my yeah. my frost proof faucets, and I discovered that the idiot who owned the house before me hadn't matched his like his copper pipe didn't match where the where the faucet came. Right. Like, so when I put the when I put the uh, the these frost proof faucets, which are like twelve inches long, so that they don't get cold and it doesn't wreck the mem- it doesn't wreck the gasket, uh, it was like three inches above where the copper pipe stopped. Right. And I was just like motherfucking. And those idiot. of you who listen to the show remember that from our old segment, Dumb and Plumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy was oh everything he did, not just plumbing. I think we should just hunt him down. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah, know what we'll do, but look we'll, him up on Facebook. Let's find, find, find let's him. Let's troll him. I have no idea what, what his name was or anything, but yeah, it's uh, everything he touched. He did a really ha- like just a half-ass job that you then have to fix or just live with. 
because I can't, I'm not going to like take apart all the drywall and fix the fact that he didn't use a level when it, when he put in the, the when he f- filled in oh. the clo- he put a, he put a he put a ah, closet under the stairs. Drives me crazy. But one of the yeah, well, the one side leans, and so the door doesn't close properly. Oh, this drives me crazy. Yeah, I know. Oh. But then they, I don't want to take it all apart, so it's just fine. I got a friend, uh, my friend is. Joanne, in New York, and she's going through the same ceiling stuff that I went through at the old house. Okay. Uh, with like all, double double yeah. things where it's like images. just things are bursting through the ceiling. Mm-hmm. I got it just just gives me such cold chills. <laughs> Just the idea of like looking up and seeing water coming mm-hmm. through your ceiling. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it's the worst. It's terrible because, yeah, it's damaging things. I mean, yeah. yeah. That's when what you're saying it's just water, it's like very few things destroy yeah. your... I mean, I should say that there's like nothing in that room other than the furnace and the hot water tank. So right. there's not, not much it can damage. And you put all your receipts back in that same room again. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> and all those $20 bills from last week. Oh, no. Actually, that did happen to the receipt for the for yeah. the things I bought because I had them just sitting in the... I just put it down on the, on the on, in the uh, cupboard or in the cabinet when I... The, the, you know, the yeah. bathroom cabinet. And when the, when it flooded, it got all wet. So when I took it back oh. to return them, you could hardly see what it was, but they didn't care about that. Yeah, they have they really have to eat that one. They're just they're fine. Hey, this they, is too this is what what's going on? You they, they know me. I I buy stuff there all the time. So there's there's nothing they're going to say. Okay, that's good then. Uh, so that is uh you know Dave's flood story and yep, telltales uh, telltales a division of Tub Talk hopefully uh, a spinoff of Dumb and Plumber. <laughs> Hopefully I'll have some, uh, well, hopefully we'll have the bathtub at least bought this weekend. All right. If you uh, have any pictures along the way, we all like to see. I do have some pictures. I do have some pictures. Very good. I'll show you some pictures. Please do. Uh, uh, And, uh, you know, there's a site for Tinder for tubs uh, where people take sexy pictures of their tubs. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, uh, yeah, I invite people to come over and take baths. No, they don't. (laughs) That doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. I always picture that because there's so many people I know who are kind of in the burlesque scene. And they all have pictures of themselves in like sexy clawfoot bathtubs. And I'm picturing that there's like maybe like three <laughs> clawfoot bathtubs. And every so often they just get like, you know, cruised by burlesque girls just going, Yeah. Do you mind if I take a bath in your tub and take some sexy pictures? <laughs> and you know, as much as I don't like a clawfoot bath, I think like You don't like it? I would not like a clawfoot bath, no. But the idea that yeah. uh, burlesque uh, performers are constantly coming by just going, can I take sexy pictures in your tub? Sure. That, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah my maybe. my dad's mom and dad, my my, uh, my grandma and grandpa on his side, they had a clawfoot sure. tub in their bathroom. And I, th- I always thought that was pretty fascinating. So I do like the idea of one. But really, my only constant exposure to them were as watering troughs at the at the Lisa's mom and dad's farm. They had like they had about four clawfoot tubs, and you're like, I guess no one wanted them because they were wow, so that is huge. Fancy watering. They're so big and yeah. heavy and awful. Like no, you know, when you're before the days when people were like nostalgic for clawfoot tubs, no one wanted them because they were yeah, huge and they cost a lot of money to heat and and, yeah. and I use want a nice and, bath that's a uh, uh, sickly vomit green. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I want a bathtub that takes about an hour to fill. Yeah, please. And is cooling off as soon as the water goes yeah, into it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pointless. Because this is giant heat sink. This, you know, this cool Room tub. temperature at best. This cold, you know, iron tub that you're putting all the water into. Yeah, and give me some Mr. Bubble in there. And I mean like the old kind that was powdery and really like like glass. It really hurt your eyes. It really hurt your eyes. Yeah. That's a different thing. That's you. If you want to see that, that's the site for sore eyes. If you go to that site, where there's just people with like sitting in clawfoot tubs with their eyes red from the the wrong bubble bath. This is a very specific fetish. It's really write it down. 
<laughs> Rain down for our podcast 500 fetishes. Fetishes and kinks. Fetishes and kinks. <laughs> da, da, boop, boop, boop. Speaking of uh, things like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, people enjoy vampires. Do you have any vampire talk this week? I do have a little vampire. Very little. I was, so this is just a quick bite. This is a quick bite. I was reading it last night and I fell asleep. By the way, <laughs> uh, this reminds me, uh, you of course have the uh, Fitbit. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I've got is the uh, Fitbat. Oh. Where it's a bat that's uh, possibly rabid, and it chases you. And then uh, you get fit that way, when you're running from this possibly rabid bat. <laughs> All right, so this is a quickie, everyone. Okay, wait a second. You got to do, uh, yeah. do the theme. Here we go. This is very quick. What are we doing? Dork shadow. Thank you very much. Some people have been asking, is Dave saying dork? And the answer is... Yes. Yes, it sounds right. Thank you for asking. Please turn on your closed captioning when you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> Please do. Saves us some time. <laughs> Let's just keep saying sucking on a chili dog over and over again. That can't be right. <laughs> can it? We'll check the check the closed captioning. Okay. Do you know what I hate? I do hate closed captioning. Hitler. I hate closed well, I also hate Hitler. Uh, and I hate people who wanna like who <laughs> say things like, Man, if only Hitler hadn't gone into the uh, hadn't gone to Stalingrad. What a mistake. Should have gone straight to the Secaucus or the Caucasus or whatever for the oil. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. What a thing. That monstrous maniac who who made a dumb mistake and lost the war. Oh, my God. He shouldn't have done that. Right. Anyway. Also, learn to paint better. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so we're starting episode 645, everyone. 645. Remember, so, the lead is not alive. So if, if you remember the last episode of Dork Shadows... Which Dave is watching on Tubi. You can follow along with him if you please want. Please do. Uh, Dave and Amy were uh, being contacted by a ghost, by a, a relative of the of the Collins. This is Quentin Collins. The ghost of was uh, was sending the messages in various ways. And it gets even more mysterious how the messages are, are coming okay, as we go. Coming ghost to ghost. So as we remember, David and Amy crawled through a panel. Okay. That panel opened, I should say. And then as the only escape out of this room that was mysteriously locked. And so they crawl through this, this uh, open panel and they find themselves in a secret room, a room that no, no one knew about. Mm. They've been forgotten in the, in lost in the mists of time. And uh, they're shining a light around the room. They, they see, see a figure seated in a chair. Oh, they're all like, who, who, who are you? And the chair just kind of spins towards them. Classic dark shadows, skeleton with a wig. <laughs> Who they assume is Quentin Collins. Can I ask you a question about that? Sure. So, uh, okay. So, skeleton with a wig situation. Yeah. Like, is it a straight-out skeleton? It's, there's no, like, skin on this thing tight. Like, no, no, it's just a straight-out... We're, we're not doing psycho, Yeah, right? yeah, no, no. It's, 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 okay. not, it's not a, a dried-out... How is the wig staying on? <laughs> well, it, it, the skin it's the hair. All, something has happened... It's not supposed to be a wig. It's supposed to be their hair. Yeah, I realize that. Yeah, yeah. But hair is attached to skin. Yeah. Hair does not grow out of your skull, right? Are you sure? You're, yeah, well, there's but you a, do a lot of scalp idea. Yeah. You did a lot of scalp stuff, scalp that's, massages that's and things right. for your hair. But whatever got rid of your skin... Yeah. Should have gotten rid of the skin on your top of your head as well, yeah, and yeah. then your hair should have just fallen out. Sure, unless yeah. this person was wearing a wig when they died, in which case the wig stays on. <laughs> unless they're on a soap opera, in which case you need to identify okay. who that person was. Yeah, this makes there's no sense to this at all. Do they have? Does, this, does the skeleton have chest hair? This has have, wait? Does let it me have just, armpit hair? Let me pause for a second and ask you a question. Has any of the show at any time made any sense at all? I don't think so. Okay. Does it still have a mustache? A woman, a woman traveling back in time, carrying her a book with her. Yeah, Does that makes sense. 
Uh, is this a movie called Back to the Future did just that? <laughs> no, well, they had a machine. Yeah. She just floats back to the past to some sort of seance. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, so it's wearing a wig. So they, uh, like I say, they assume the skeleton is Quentin Collins. Yeah. They try to leave, but once again, the door is locked because now the panel is not really part of it. They're going through the door. Okay. Uh, they light a candle and steal the wig. <laughs> <laughs> We need the warmth. Let's disguise ourselves. I'm so cold. Can I wear this wig? <laughs> uh, as I said, mentioned last episode, there's kind of like a, a old-fashioned music playing on what sounds like a gramophone. Okay. And that starts to play again. And so... Hello, my baby. Hello, they're, my honey. They're kind of scared. And then we cut to Liz, who goes to the old house to recap the plot for Barnabas. Just basically tells him, the kids disappeared. We looked for them all night. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. And then she asks... Are they here? And he's like, well, I don't think so. I locked the door last night. And she goes, well, you know how David is. He loves his house and he'll get in. He's a rascal who'll get in any way he can. Sure will, yeah. So Barnabas is like, well, um, let's let's search the house. Sure. I don't know if he was thinking to himself, should, I let, should we search the house? Because I got a, like a, a lab in the basement that we're using to like reanimate people. Is that, can I explain that? I don't know. But no, they, they go search the house. Uh, meanwhile, the children are learning that insistently rattling a doorknob will not help him. <laughs> matters. Suddenly the music stops. Dun, dun, dun. They're all like, it's quiet. And then a man's laugh echoes through the house. <laughs> That's why he laughs. Right. What do you think would be a joke that would make you laugh like that? <laughs> <laughs> Something about a chili dog? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah. You heard the sucking on a chili dog bit. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> we cut back to Liz pacing the floor at the old house while Barnabas searches the basement. So he did put her off and going in the basement. Okay. And then they agree they should return to Collingwood together. After they leave, the camera pans over to reveal the children hiding in the bushes outside of the old house. The question is, how did they get there? Right, and they explain it. They don't. Do you think it's possible this is just a bush that grows children? <laughs> grows children? Our <laughs> children are fruit or a vegetable? Depends. Okay. It does, it does depend. That's right. <laughs> yes. uh, they can be both. Um, so, so, yeah, this like, makes no sense at all. Like, there's this mysterious there. They're like hiding behind the bushes. And like, Barnabas and, and Liz leave and walk away. Like They lock the door of the house. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then they carefully walk off the set, not stepping anywhere anywhere off of this very narrow walkway to get away because you don't want to like fall into the living room of, of Collinwood. And so then uh, the children are there. And then, and then they, they go into the house. They sneak into the house. Mm-hmm. And they bring this antique crib from, from upstairs. And then they're downstairs and they're like, and uh, Amy's like, uh, yeah, like, she's like, uh, what should we do? Like, how are we going to get this in the house? He goes, don't worry, I know a way. Okay. Like, okay. You know, what you could also do is uh, just tell them that way. And then... What are we going to do? Don't worry, I got a plan. Just say it then. <laughs> don't just say that. So, of course, they cut to some chit-chat between Barnabas and Liz at yeah. that old house. Everyone just gesturing. Everyone's just saying, silently. where do the children go? I don't understand. And then and then we cut to the kids. Now they're upstairs because they needed they needed some time to get the crib and stuff upstairs or sure. to that set. Cut back to the bush. Cut back to the another, bush. Another set of children. <laughs> another set of kids. Just babies are now on the bush. <laughs> I need to sneak in the house. Um, and so what's funny though is like uh, they bring it back. They bring it back. They bring back the crib and then to put the crib down. And then and he was like, "Okay, well, I guess we should go downstairs." And then David gets all kind of this weird smile on his face, like, "We want to go downstairs." 
I like it up here. <laughs> this is a great room. Like, he starts acting like a weirdo. Sure, sure. And I mean, I like it upstairs, too. I don't blame him. It's nice. And then the crib begins to rock on its own. <laughs> and the song plays, rocks in the treetop all the day long, rocking and a bopping anywhere. I, I don't, I don't, like... Like, I can cut... Well, we'll talk about it in a bit. By the way, sorry. Yeah. Why is a crib rocking? I don't know. Like, no, I mean, like, a crib rocking is a bad thing for a crib. I know. It's like an old-fashioned one. You know, they had like a rock, like a one that we could rock a baby to sleep in it. Like, uh, rock a baby, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really in a treetop. It was in a crib that rocked Wouldn't back and forth. Wouldn't it be great if it was like the, the ghost of that uh, woman from um, from that Marx Brothers movie? Just singing that creepy rock a baby song. <laughs> She's great. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, that'd be good. You just see like her translucent ghost just yeah, yeah. rock, 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 rock. Eyes slightly crossed. Yeah. Oh, that'd thing. be creepy. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, so then, then we cut back, of course, as uh, Barnabas and Liz fret in the foyer of of, uh, of Collinwood. The kids walk in. Like, it makes no sense. They were upstairs. Now, now they're downstairs. They're walking in the door. Okay. And they're like, where'd you come from? They're like, oh, we were out for a walk. Well, no, you weren't because people have been searching... The grounds for the last two hours. Well, if this was a where Dave, were you? If this was a David Lynch movie, this is creepy. Yeah, I think like there's more than uh, yeah, more yeah, than two kids. More than two kids. Yeah, yeah. But no, like they just walk in the door. And you're like, weren't you just upstairs? That's what you're thinking. As is this just a continuity error? Maybe, but it's it's not continuity error because the show is filmed live to tape. Okay. Like it's then it's like a play, so everything is. It's not like it's an editing error. Unless the, someone mixed up the pages of the script. Well, that's maybe what happened. Maybe that's what, maybe someone mixed up the pages of the script. That was I'm only curious, way to yeah. It. Or something happened, like, with the upstairs set. Something went wrong, and they just like, just go in through the front door. we got to fix this. Just go in through. <laughs> what? That makes no sense. Go in through the front door. Yeah, yeah. So then they, they're like, well, where were you? And then they tell like, this cockable story. Like, they're like, uh, yeah, it's just so weird. It's, like, Amy says, like, David first tells a lie, and then they're like, well, no, be this is where we're out for a walk. And then they're like, well, no, we, were, we searched around for two hours. We would have seen you. And then he goes, oh, well, David doesn't want to tell you the truth because he's embarrassed. You know how boys are. When they do a nice thing, they don't want to tell anyone. And then she tells this like other lie. And then, and then uh, they go into the, they go into the living room. Like they leave uh, Barnabas and Liz in the foyer and they go into the living room. And they're basically like, we are the best. And they're just like, like mentally like high-fiving each other. Like, woo, we put one over on the adults. We're the best. But yeah, they're smiling at each other like, we're evil children. <laughs> and then that night, they sneak back into the secret room. And Amy looks up into the camera and she says, hi, Quentin. And then that's a cliffhanger. That's the end of the oh. episode, right? So then you got to wait for the next okay. episode. And so, and then they, they do the same thing again, right? Like the episode starts with a recap, but it's just them performing the same thing again. Right. So it's slightly different than the last one. And then, and then she's, you know, she looks, this after Amy says, hi, Quentin, uh, this imperious, imperious looking man, like very like sticking his nose up in the air kind of guy with these big mutton chop whiskers steps into, like steps into the, steps into the camera view. And, uh, he doesn't say anything. He just steps forward and he has a kind of weird smile on his face. Mm. And then he's joined by this handsome woman who I don't, her, her name is like Beth Torres in the, in the storyline. I, I don't know. We don't know that yet. Cause we haven't actually heard her name, okay. but she's this kind of very, once again, very imperious looking woman. And she has this like the most prominent chin I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. Like you could, you could cut a tree down with her chin. No joke. And I'm very curious to see like what's going to happen with these characters. We don't, we don't see them again for quite a while though. I have to, I have to say. So the children, so that happens. And of course, then the cuts to whatever. And then we cut it downstairs and there's more adults talking. And then the kids bring this big chest down the stairs, like bumping down the stairs. But, oh, because 
Oh, but that's the thing. Because then they're basically told by Quentin, he doesn't say a word to them, but he's in, he's told them that they have to take the body, the, the skeleton with the wig on it, they have to take that <laughs> and put it in the chest and then take it outside and bury it. Okay. And you should bury the wig and the skeleton separately so it doesn't come back to life. That's right. And so the reason we know this is because Amy says, how are we going to fit this body in the chest? And he's like, don't worry, I have an idea. And you're like, yeah, how are you going to fit a body in the chest? Like the chest is like... A three-foot chest. Yeah. How are you going to fit a man into this chest? Are we talking just the skeleton? Well, it's like a... Yeah, it's like a big... I'll tell you how. Yeah. Snap, snap, snap. <laughs> the chest it goes. But what about the wig? So then... Um, I think the wig should go in... Yeah, a separate graveyard. It's just like the old wig graveyard. And they throw the wig in, yeah. into this giant pit of wigs. Yeah. And then yeah. the wigs all form into one wig. Okay, go ahead. So then... So then the kids have this big giant chest and they like they're like bumping and taking it out, out into the like you know foyer of yeah, yeah. of uh, Collinwood and, and Roger sees them and he's like well, what are you doing and they're like oh we're gonna take this chest downstairs and he's oh well, let me help you so he he picks up this he doesn't know there's a body inside of course and he picks it up and he takes it downstairs mm-hmm. and he's like where are you going oh we're gonna go outside and play with his chest yeah we're gonna go outside and they're like well oh I maybe I should look inside oh I said well you can but it might you know it's it, we're taking it out for a funeral my soldier died. My dead soldier's in there. He's like, oh, okay. So then he doesn't. He's just like, oh, you're just kid fooling around these dumb kids. So then they're like, hey, pull one of these parents. So then they take it outside. Yeah. And they bury the chest outside. The kids bury the chest. All right. Out, out in the uh, grounds of Collinwood. Okay. And then, um, yeah. What happened to the clothes? Of this of this skeleton? Yeah. Did it wear, it was I think clothes? it's sort of wearing clothes. Yeah. It's wearing clothes and it has a, has a hair and just a skeleton. Okay. Do you think its socks fell down? Socks or yeah, I think it's socks fell down, and his shoes fell off, and they went to move it. Yeah, it was probably right. But how do you keep the pants on? Like, would the pants fall off too? Because the belt wouldn't be holding nothing up. Yeah, unless it was wearing a suspenders, that would work still. So <laughs> there's a lot of problems I got with this. Did it have a ring? A ring would have fallen off. Yeah, a ring would fall off for sure. Yeah, yeah, pocket the ring. I hope they did. Okay. Well, they're evil kids now, right? They gotta always, have a watch. They're always looking at each other like. Back then, you had <laughs> to have a wristwatch. So what we can surmise from this is they are kind of under the control of Quentin. Okay. The ghost of Quentin is controlling them. And so they go back to the house. And then that night, well, then David, like, he uh, he's talking to Amy and he's like, Quentin has a task for us to do. And she's like, oh, what's that? And he says, well, your job is to go and talk to my dad, talk to my father. And I and my job is to deal with the wire. And he has, like, this, like, piano wire kind of stuff. Oh. You're like, oh. And so then she goes to, uh, she goes to Roger. He's in his study upstairs. And she's like... She's like, oh, uh, you know, Mr. Collins, I think I heard someone downstairs. I think I heard a thief downstairs. And he's like, he's like, oh, well, he's like, oh, well, I better go check. And then she's like, follow me. He goes, where are you going? He goes, well, I'm going to come with you. He goes, you're not going to go downstairs. There's a thief downstairs. She goes, you stay here. Then he reaches into his drawer and he pulls out a gun out of his sock drawer. Okay. And then. That's what he uses to like get his socks on in the morning. Yeah. Sometimes when you're older, you got to use something to get your socks on. And then the barrel of a gun is good to like, just shoot <laughs> sure, it up. Yeah. So it's good. Well, you know. The problem with having the, the problem with having a gun in your sock drawer is you get holes in your socks. That is true. That's I think that's yeah. obviously the drawback. So then um, he's got the gun. He, he's going to go downstairs and, and investigate. And he goes to walk down the stairs and he trips over this wire and goes falls head over heels down the stairs. And that that's where the uh, that's the terrible. Ended. The only thing way you want to fall head over heels oh, is in love. But you have to cut to the kids and the kids are like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> our plan worked, and it's like. Like I don't want to say they're bad not actors. Really plan these kids are. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a wire. It's not a plan. It's, well, it's a plan. They put the wire up, and you know, they're supposed to. Yeah, supposed to kill Roger, right? Supposed sure. to kill him. So then, 
So, um, <laughs> well, it's Quentin's plan, really. He just had the kids do the do the dirty work. Okay. And so then, but it's a pretty bad plan because they didn't take away the wire. But they're like they're like too busy gloating with each other, like looking at each other, like hey. But what we're supposed to surmise from this is that Quentin is it has control of the kids. Okay. It, it seems that he like splits off though. So sometimes he's got Amy under control, and other time he has David under control. But never at the same time. This allows for arguing to stretch to pad out the episode. So when it's like we need to like stretch a wire across the stairs and trip my father and kill him. Should we really do that? That sounds really terrible. We can't disagree with, we can't disobey Quentin. Oh, no, you're right. We can't disobey, can't disobey Quentin. Just stuff like that. So you get these kind of weird, like, non-argument arguments that kind of pad out the episodes. And then, uh, yeah, so Roger fell down the stairs to his death. Or I don't know. Anyway, it's a cliffhanger. We'll find out next time on Door oh, Shadows. Okay, so it's a, it's a very well, short one. I'm, in fact, oh, I, that's fine. I decided I'm going to do them a little shorter from now on because um, I felt like it was okay when I was reading them and I couldn't see you. Yeah. And you were like bored and just staring off into space and had your feet <laughs> up. But it's more, it's like, it's not so much fun when I'm like doing these really long recaps and you're like sitting over there and just kind of like restless and you're like, oh, how much I'm long? not restless. <laughs> I just felt like last time. I don't know. I just felt like, I just felt. Well, it was the 500th episode. So I was, I was I, I thinking of uh, all the letters and stuff. I had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm not, you can do as long as you want. It's okay. fine. It's okay. fine. I like to, I like to, and it's like, uh, it sounds like an interesting parody of Upstairs Downstairs. Where they're just falling downstairs. <laughs> well, I think I've I've heard it. People have connected it to Turn of the Screw. Okay. Which has, but Turn of the Screw is like a a psychological horror. If it's a horror at all, it's not really that scary. The book, anyway. Uh, it's more of like a like a really like repressed woman dealing with kids who like have like uh, want to be kids and have fun, and she starts like she starts like imputing uh, the. Um, the ill effects of these previous servants who are maybe kind of the, not the greatest characters in the world, maybe a little shady mm-hmm. in their dealings. But then she starts imputing the children as being controlled by these, by the ghosts of these people. You know, it really, it's just her, her own, right. you know, and that's, so it's not really like what's happening here. Like what's happening here is the kids are being controlled yes. by a ghost, you know, and this really is happening. What's interesting though, is that Quentin Collins will become a very prominent character for in the next little while of, of, of the show and what's happening now has nothing to do with what he'll become later on. Nothing at all. Huh? And I think that's interesting. Like to me, I, I don't care about universe building and shows and stuff like that, but I have a feeling that people who do want like this very systematic, you know, continuity that follows itself and stuff. That's not what dark shadows is about. Dark shadows is constantly rewriting itself and retconning itself on the move. So it'll get to this point, you know, like, like we talked about before when they're going to go see Dr. Julian, Blah blah blah, you know, and then, and then, then they decide, oh, we'll hire this woman who we really like as an actress. We'll hire her for this role. So now the role's going to be doc- it's going to be Julia, you know. And so that's just they don't care. They're not they don't care that it was Julian. And then no one's going to say, well, you know what? We said it's going to be Julian. I know we really like this actress, but we can't use her. We'll get uh, we'll get uh, we'll have to get a guy to do this role because we already said it's Julian. Nope, they could give two craps about that. <laughs> And that's just the way it is always. They like, just could give two craps, right? Like they'll change it whenever they want. They just change it. And and because there's no way to check, right? No one could check. It was gone. It, that was yep. six that was six months ago. You're not gonna remember. Yeah, what do you got a kinescope at home? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do. No one's recording these shows, so it doesn't uh, matter. Except maybe on a tape recorder. I'll maybe, see. yeah, but for most most part people aren't recording it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to move on to letters from our friends. Letters from our, our friends. friends. 
That was some um, harmony there, sir. What's that? That was some harmony. Look at us. Uh, last week we were asking, uh, uh, why do you like us? No, we didn't. Uh, last <laughs> week we were asking, like, what's an obscure TV show that maybe we should talk about? And so you answered such questions, but you also talked about other things. I'm going to read all the things. I've got 11 damn letters here. <gasps> 11 letters. 11 letters. Knock yourself out. Uh, Jonathan Bampton. Hello, Jonathan. Uh, it says, hi, guys. Hello. Uh, would you like to discuss Spaced, uh, which ran from 1999 to 2001 in the UK in detail? Not terribly obscure to the right sort of person, but a lot to dig in. Plus, I need an excuse to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Bampton, two-time winner. I'm like, yeah, 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 we know, Jonathan. <laughs> I like how he said two-time winner, etc. Uh, it great. was uh, It was a show I liked so much, I bought a DVD player to watch it that played uh, multi-region uh, discs. Wow. I love that show so much. And I uh, got to meet uh, both Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright uh, at the uh, premiere in San Diego of, uh, of um, Shaun, of, uh, Shaun the of the Dead. That's correct. And uh, mentioned uh, that I really like Space. And he was like, you've seen Spaced? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was very sweet. Uh, nice. Louise. Oh, our friend Louise. She, Louise. one, gives us money. Two, yeah. gives us pies. Sure. Three, gives us cookies. Jeez, Louise. That is the hat trick. How was the pie, by the way? That uh, Really great. What type of pie was it? It was a raisin pie. Really? Yeah. A raisin pie, you say? Yeah. Do you think it was a grape pie at first and it just was so hot out? I thought it was an apple pie at first. Oh. That's what I thought when I first looked at it. I went, oh, an apple pie. That's nice. Yep. And that was a raisin pie. And it was a raisin pie. Okay. Do you think she's a fan of the play Raisin in the Sun? Yes. She's a huge fan of it. And she wrote that on the pie. Please uh, watch the play Raisin in the Sun when theater opens again yeah. and someone mounts this play. Yeah. Though it's not a play that people mount anymore. Also, enjoy the delicious pie. Louise writes, another fine fold-in from Nina and great graphics from Mick and Ed. True! If you look on our page, sneakydragon.com, for <laughs> yeah. episode 500, you will see this is the truth. I'm looking forward to more installments of Tile Tale. <laughs> uh, my sister installed her own kitchen sink backsplash oh, with nice. her friend's help, so I predict Dave will get the job done, too. Thank you for your vote of confidence. It's not an obscure TV series, and maybe this is a subject for a fansplainer episode, but I was wondering what you thought about uh, Lucia. Uh, or Luca. I'm not sure. Luca. Uh, yeah, Luca. Luca. There we go. Uh, the latest Pixar film and Vespa product placement extravaganza. Yeah. I thought it'd be a worthy, it had a worthy message that people uh, shouldn't have to hide who they really are and people shouldn't fear difference. I thought it was a bit odd to set a movie about accepting diversity in 1950s Italy <laughs> where the human faces range from pale to well tanned. More importantly, uh, though the uh, sea monster metaphor could apply to anyone who feels like an outsider or an underdog, it seemed clearly queer coded to me mm -hmm. uh, do you think Pixar and Disney are helping or hurting the cause by not coming out and saying yes you can interpret this film as being about orientation and gender identity feels to me like they let that conversation go to the audience and other people and the, they consider it they continued that conversation the director has stated that he didn't he personally did not make the film with that in mind but he said I'm perfectly fine if that's how people see it then that's great so yeah. you know like, to him, it was more a story of, yeah, outsider. You know, and someone like that who's an animator, I'm sure they had their share of being an outsider through their life. And finding people who had similar interests was hard. And then when you did, that was amazing, you know. And so that's part of it. And also, the, he really likes Vespas. Personally speaking, yeah. Vespas too commercial. I'm a more of a Lambretta guy. Oh, well. Laddie Lambretta is what you got to say. There's a scene. There's but I really, really enjoyed Luca. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. On Binging with Babish this week, he makes the pasta, and I probably will try making that pasta. So it's a fish pasta? No, it is a pesto uh, and potato uh, pasta. Oh, that sounds really good. I do like potato with pasta. You need 40 uh, leaves of basil. What? Luckily, I grow my own basil, so I've got that kind of ability. I'll let you have some basil if you want. Um, Third Dragon, I know who that is, Yeah, uh, says, It's not a limited run, but I found out about this British mystery show that sounds like something Ian would make up. A semi-retired police detective, Henry Crabb, loves food and just wants to run a meat pie shop, but keeps getting called in to solve mysteries. It's called Pie in the Sky. That's a good show. We used to watch that on Showcase. Way yeah, back in the day. I think I've seen an episode or two myself. With it Richard like, something or other. Yeah, it would, be, it would be good if he uh, went up against Sweeney Todd. I think, didn't the actor play uh, Harry's stepfather in, um, yeah. in the... Movies. Is that? It's not the same guy who does Rumple of the Band. No, that's no, no, that's uh, Luke, no. But you're Luke right. It's the same actor who plays Harry. Yeah, yeah. Harry's uh, stepfather. Yeah, uh, Mr. Dursley. Mr. Dursley. Yes. Dursley. Dursley yeah. yeah. Mick. I, I knew the amount of letters in that name. Mick. It writes, is a good. It is a good show, though, Nina. If you I, if you haven't watched it, and possibly we will uh, talk it, about it. It is fine. We'll, we're taking this all into consideration. Uh, hey, Ian and David says Mick. Hello. Con- congratulations on reaching reaching episode 501. That's the hardest. It is the hardest one. It's the hardest episode. Yeah, until 502. Love this week's question. Here are some limited run series from my childhood that I would love a deep dive into. The Man from Atlantis. Yes, deep dive. Ha-ha! Get it. Nice. Uh, I know that more from With Patrick... Can't remember his last name. Patrick Fishface. He <laughs> was in Dallas as well. Yep. Patrick... Ooh. Ah, I got Dempsey in my head. I know, me wrong. too. It is wrong. Patrick. Oh, now I got Stuart in my head. Oh, anyway, it's anyway I loved how he swam. Which yes. Mick, Mick uh, I, uh, back in the day, yeah. uh, if you bought Marvel Comics, they would sometimes have these ads for uh, number one issues. And they would give you like five different number one issues for a certain amount of money. Like you get Spectacular Spider-Man number one. You get like uh, Black Panther number one, Machine Man. And it would always be like Man from Atlantis, I believe, as well. It was like, oh. And so I, I know Man from Atlantis more from comics than I do from the TV series because <laughs> I think my dad wanted to watch something different on that night. <laughs> but I'd be into seeing it. I did watch, I think, it, an episode. I didn't think it was that great, though, so I, I did not I pursue it. I loosely based a TV pilot uh, that I wrote with a friend of mine who uh, sadly is no longer around uh, called Below Sea Level that was about a person from Atlantis who uh, came to uh, you know the surface and uh, help troubled youths uh, as an educator, kind of a welcome back Cotter situation. All right. And had to keep their grades, uh, you know, above sea level. Um, and he talked to a fish. That was in a fish tank. He talked to fish. Uh, so, anyway, as a kid, I was fascinated by this late 70s series about an underwater superhero with webbed hands and feet. You know why? Because his uh, parents were brother and sister. That's not true. Uh, I remember my brothers and I uh, copying his swimming style in our backyard pool. Us too. Yeah, it basically involved kicking your legs in unison. Probably lucky we didn't drown. (laughs) And Auto Man. I love this spelled A-U-T-O-M-A-N. Yeah, not not Auto from uh, Simpsons. Or the Ottoman Empire, yeah. (laughs) I love this early 80s show about a computer-generated superhero. I used to watch it. Uh, just for the effect of Automan's glowing blue outfit and wonder how they did it. Turns out it was mostly a practical effect. Huh. Police Squad. Yes. 
I uh, can't believe that only six episodes of this were uh, made of this satirical cop show. Yeah, so good. Leslie Nielsen, who you know best for Mr. Magoo, uh, was a master <laughs> of deadpan. It did spawn a fab movie and two not great sequels. And admittedly, uh, Nielsen made a late career out of playing the same character type of character as Frank Drebin. And, of course, Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Remember the show was on after Bosom Buddies. And both yeah. those shows were like, these are great. Yeah. Holy cow, these are great shows. And again, uh, bringing up my father, did not care for them at all. Luckily in my house, we had a rule that if you were watching TV, then you got to choose what was on it. So if someone came in the room, they couldn't turn off, they couldn't turn the channel and like go, I don't want to watch this. So you could just watch ABC all day if you never left. ABC, did you say? If you could watch like ABC all day if you were like sitting down there. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, or you could just choose whatever you want to watch. You could like turn. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying like if you just chose, if you were like a maniac, Mm -hmm. just went, we're only watching PBS programming. You'd go through the, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the reason I did it was so I could watch Monty Python later on. Yeah. So I'd just be like... Interesting rules. Yeah, I know. I, I instituted it, so... Very good. Uh, Bossy S- older son. Sledgehammer. Yeah, I like that show. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, only one right. series was made of this 80s cop show satire. It shares a lot of similarities with Police Squad. Oh, okay, that one, yeah. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, don't worry, I know what I'm doing. Uh, I remember my friends and I loving it, though I suspect that it might not have aged well. We'll see. That's, that's true. V. Oh, V. So scary. V was, yeah. Was. Uh, this 1983 miniseries about an alien invasion was so huge in the day. I remember being <laughs> grade five and everyone was talking about the scene where Diana eats a rat. It was wonderfully cheesy, practical effect, just going down her throat, just the good guy. Uh, this really was event TV. That's all. I await your obscure sidecasts. <laughs> Edward Dragansky replies, yes. Uh, police squad was ahead of its time. I remember looking forward to where the police car uh, would go at the beginning of each episode. Or was that the movie? Uh, I think both. Uh, I, but the pl- movie definitely went forever with it. Uh, I'd be up for, I wonder if like the, the police car thing was over the end credits with the TV show. I'm not sure. Uh, I'd be up for watching these if the Sneaky Dragon folks did a retrospective of the short run series. Leslie Nielsen was perfectly cast. Remember the tall cop he talked to in the office? We never saw his head. He was so tall. <laughs> I also remember Sledgehammer, but you're right. It might be uh, painful to watch. Trying to remember Auto Man. I had to YouTube the show's intro from 1983. Yikes. Great three Tron-like television effects mixed up with hot actresses with big boobies. And throw in Desi Arnaz Jr. just for the hell of it. You gotta love 1983. <laughs> Good year to be Desi Arnaz Jr. Our friend Regis writes, Hi! Nice 500th episode. A bit stressful at the beginning with a mic situation. <laughs> it was. It was. It Sorry was. about that. That's uh, hoisted by my own petard. What a twist. Didn't turn on the petard. <laughs> Thought maybe it was uh, being in the same room. You were applying strict, strict social distancing rules and wanted people to hear it. I don't know, maybe to avoid social media backlash, or maybe you wanted to enforce the silly idea that you're neither professionals nor podcasters nor the two together, which we all know is not true. You're better than just that. Oh, and no fireworks? Anyway, saw Jonathan's message about space, didn't know it, just watched the first episode. Great! I like the formal tricks, montage, titling... Some years before Sherlock, no yeah. canned laughter, priceless, and it's English social satire. By the way, should we thank Margaret Thatcher for it? I don't think so. No. No, we shouldn't. We should thank her for all the Vertigo comics, though. They put uh, Alan Moore in a bad mood, and they wrote a lot of uh, comics that we liked. I think we can thank Tony Blair for... Uh, thank you, Mr. Space. Blair. That... Speaking of which, 
I myself, uh, I was myself thinking of the opposite team, the uh, Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson one with bottom. I don't know. Uh, that was a great. The, that was a great show. Yeah, I don't know for the English speaking part of the world, but in France, nobody knows it. <laughs> so it checked at least for me the obscurity. Yeah, more people know the young young ones. Yeah, the young and ones. Then, is more uh, then they kind of flipped roles for uh, bottom. Yes. Uh, didn't didn't have watched the young ones. Watched the new statesman, but still prefer bottom, particularly the first two seasons and the first bottom live. Love the slapstick over the edge humor. Goes well with definitely definitive defying and deafening definition for defining humor. <laughs> politeness of despair. Why are you making me say that? Why are you making you, me say? Can you that? say that one more time? I kind of miss what miss what it. He said yeah. the definitely definite definitive defying and deafening definition of defining humor. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and the first team, the Martin Freeman, Simon Pegg, Bill Bailey one, uh, one, there's Black Books too. Yeah, I like Black Books a lot, especially yeah. first season. Yeah. Uh, I really like Dylan Moran and his neurotic, sociopathic, smart-ass personality. And uh, Bill Bailey is also very good in that. He's very good, yeah. I'm remember, trying to remember the woman's name. Jasmine. She's in a lot of things after that. Uh, mm. I'm quite... Here's the thing about Bill Bailey. I was like telling this story. My wife saw him do a live show in England, and uh, he was performing in a theater right next to Les Miserables. Okay. Um, and so, during the saddest part of Les Miserables, he asked the audience to turn towards the wall and yell, and just laugh as loudly as possible, because he knew exactly <laughs> when the saddest part was, yeah. and you could hear it through the wall. It was like a saddest scene. And you heard her. <laughs> just the mean. Wait, are you sure it wasn't? <laughs> oh, that's a ghost. No, they're not ghosts. Oh, it's not. It's a ghost. I'm quite drawn to this type of character, which are cool in fiction, but a bit more difficult to live with. I mean, the high-functioning sociopaths like Sherlock, Doc Martin, Columbo on one side of the uh, on one side, and the likes of Richie Rich and Edward Hitler or Bernard Black on the other, less functional side. Yes. And as the podcaster, half a dollar would have put it. Be pro or podcast trying. <laughs> These are excellent jokes that I get the next day. So I appreciate them. Thank you. P.S. Uh, thank Ian for the appreciation of just that. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm working hard to become the greatest obscure comic writer of all time, or at least on the Sneaky Dragon website. It is good to have goals. Yeah. And we will see more of Regis later on in this reading. But now we're going to have a little more of Edward Drogansky. Hello, Ed. Listen, David. Hmm? Yes. I'm going to, it's a question off the top, so let's see. Does anyone remember a 1998 UPN TV show called Seven Days? No. I do. <laughs> the premise was centered around an ex CIA agent named Frank Parker, uh, played by Jonathan LaPaglia? 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 Who, sorry? What was his first name? Yeah. Uh, Frank Parker, played by Jonathan LaPaglia. LaPaglia? but. Oh, okay. Is that the. Uh, okay, maybe I'm mixed up. I'm just thinking, of like, when it was Anthony Lapelli, I'm thinking of the guy who played on was like uh, on a show. Murder One? Murder One, and yeah, like stuff like that. Where, there's a show where, like, where they would look for um, missing people. There's another show like oh, that. Oh, okay. Where he was like the head, the head honcho of the, the team. Are they related? We'll find out. I think he's Australian, that actor. So Frank Parker travels back in time for the NSA. He must travel back in time to prevent present day catastrophes. But he has only seven days to do it. Hmm. Frank goes back in time using a time machine that the U.S. government built by reverse engineering alien technology. Always a mistake. I tried watching it recently, and it belongs in a hole, along with most <laughs> of the other shows from the 90s. Hammy acting, plot holes, 
Cheap production. I consider it for a rewatch, but at the same time, do not wish to be hated by the Sneaky Dragon audience for it. You know what? Our audience is very forgiving. Very forgiving. And we've had a lot of plot holes in this episode, right, Dave? <laughs> Full of plot holes. Mm-hmm. I'm not really I'm not really against uh Oh, so it was Jonathan LaPaglia. Yeah. Not Frank. Frank Parker is the character name. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. The weird thing about this show was that it ended only four months before 9-11 happened. Wow. Are you thinking that it caused it? That is an interesting theory. Uh, The way Seven Days presented catastrophes that Frank Parker had to cancel by using time travel is very much like what happened on 9-11. I remember thinking about Seven Days on 9-11 as if it was a plot from the show. It was still fresh in my recent memory then. I probably had forgotten about the show entirely, if not for that connection. Here was why 9-11 was strange for me. It's weird to say it in this regard. Uh, I got a friend who's one of the lone gunmen from the X-Men. And on the first, on the pilot for the lone gunman uh, TV show, someone uh, plans to crash a plane into the World Trade Center. Oh. Yeah. And they have to stop that from happening. So very strange then seeing like that actually happens. Like, oh, ah. Um, How about sliders? I think you mean sliders. That's how they said Another forgettable 1990s sci-fi show. Here's uh, something I liked about Sliders. My friend Roman Danilo played a mathlete in it. Oh, yeah. And if you don't think I brought that up so often to him, where he does math and then has to do athletics and math and athletics. And if you don't think I've created a mathlete character for a show that I'm working on right now, you're also crazy. (laughs) I always like that they would uh, jump into the hole and do like a tumble out. Like it would be like the the worst way to travel. Like to, I never saw the to show. do a somersault out, especially when it was like what's his name, Riss Davies from, um, yeah, from Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should not be doing John Reese Davies. Yeah, he should not be doing tumbles <laughs> through a hole. Sure, they didn't have a stunt tumbler. I'm sure they did. Oh, okay, and yet still the character should not be doing tumbles. <laughs> How does that help you with time? Do you have to tumble through time? No, just jump through the damn hole. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, by the way, uh, we also, there's a, there's a new, uh, Sparks book that's coming out. It's coming out in March of next uh, year. Did you say February earlier? I did. Now it's March. Um, and, uh, there may be time holes in that as well. Was I ripping off sliders? Maybe. Eh, we'll never know. I was. Anyway, um, I think it was guilty of a slow death. Science with Jerry O'Connell discovers how to travel to parallel dimensions using a handheld device and portal, along with his professor, girlfriend, and an entertainer called Crying Man. What? They are, for, I don't know if that holds up. They are forever lost, uh, traveling from dimension to dimension, never to return to their own. I also read that the first two seasons were shot in Vancouver. Damn right they were. Uh, this one is bad too. Guess these shows are obscure and forgotten for good reason. A lot of people love sliders. And then later on, yeah, it was, uh, Jerry O'Connell's brother, uh, played kind of, like, took over for Jerry O'Connell, I think, if I'm remembering that correctly. How about some more tomato talk? I am a huge <laughs> tomato eater. Oh, good. Like, uh, or tomato. Like David mentioned. And just salt and pepper added. I'll eat them on anything. Hot dogs aren't the same without some tomato on them. Nice. And for the record, my wife was born in Jacksonville, Texas, the tomato capital of the world. Really? Like, does yeah. Italy feel... That they're not the tomato capital because I think Italy, but you know, you talk to them. They just have Romas. Uh, okay. Jacksonville has all tomatoes. The soil is so acidic that you can grow anything, and tomatoes are the best you've ever had. Farmers mm. sell a variety of tomatoes out of the back of their trucks all over Jacksonville. Uh, we never come home empty handed. Well, now we got to go visit Jacksonville. 
I would do I would do that, Ed. But uh, as Ian told us last time, we'll just hate tomatoes for the rest of our lives after that. So, what's the point? What's one having the best when you can't have it all the time? Simply the best. We're just going to have the rest. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we say don't listen to any other podcast. Just this one. Yeah, because we'll spoil you. We'll spoil you rotten. Reed just returns. Hi. Hi, Reed just. Uh, Seven Days uh, pitch sounds a lot like what I remember from Time Tunnel. No? Yeah, very similar, actually. Also, it's sort of like... um, Ah, it's not really. I was going to, it's like Quantum Leap if his machine just worked a little bit. Uh, about tomato and tomato salad, like dry sausage, you must cut the slices very thin, like cigarette paper. It helps oxi- oxidation and reveals the taste. And then just add salt, olive oil, and pepper. Let it rest five to ten minutes so the salt will bring some water out of the tomato, which will mix uh, with oil, adding the acid element to the sauce. You can uh, always add thin, always thin, Slices of mozzarella, perfect fresh salad for the summer. It goes very well with barbecued sauces too. All, uh, about beware, shameless auto promotion ahead. Thin <laughs> slices of tomato in French with photos eh, and with added sauces, sausages. Eh. So if you go to sneakydragon.com, episode 500, look in the message section. You will see the links there. I was yeah. just looking at some Otto Lenghi uh, tomato salad recipe uh, that he put up uh, that involves um, lemons as well. And uh, check that out. Looks quite good. Might be making that. Jada Jackman writes, Hi, guys. Hello, Jada. Just wanted to pop in and say congratulations on 500, now 501, episodes. <laughs> uh, what an unfathomable number. Truly an accomplishment. What is it? Sorry? Unfathomable number. Uh. Uh, yeah, I mean, fa- phantoms. Can't. Uh, <laughs> unfathomable. Yeah. Funky phantoms. Can't say. <laughs> uh, truly an accomplishment. Love hearing your voices and sometimes repeated stories every week. What? We would never tell the same story twice. It's 500 goddamn episodes. Yeah, I would expect. I only have so many stories. As well as listener comments, even when I forget to comment. I think Ian was talking about how orange juice from Spain tastes so much better. That got me thinking about uh, the bread I ate in France. Just impeccable. I never understood mm. why people uh, would say that American bread tastes like cake until I went there. It was like I'd never ate bread before that moment. And don't get me started on the cheese. <laughs> I say start on the cheese. Tell us. Yeah. Anyway, any show that you decide to talk about, I'll listen to with great intent. Love hearing uh, about dark shadows. It's like how people will listen to radio stories uh, before television. <laughs> Crystal. Yay. Crystal's back. Crystal writes, I know you're regularly back now, but still, it's it's still a delight to hear from you, Crystal. Hey, Dave, Ian, and everyone. Episode 500 was a tremendous success and so much fun to listen to. Good job, guys. Ian, you asked about my husband's opinion on watching Dark Shadows. He watched the show up, uh, up for the beginning episodes because he wanted to get to the part, as he puts it, where the vampire shows up. <laughs> he lost interest after that. I typically uh, watch on weekends when he's outside working on the farm. It's a great show to watch when folding laundry or completing household chores. Yes, yeah, good. It's that. not that he doesn't like Dark Shadows. Uh, when we were dating, I made him watch the short-lived reboot in the uh, early '80s, early '90s, and he enjoyed it. And he loves the Tim Burton movie. He just thinks the show drags the plot out too long, as does every soap opera. <laughs> my ears perked up when you mentioned the air fryer. I love cooking with my air fryer. Me too. I've successfully made southern cornbread, mm-mm, blackberry cobbler, damn right, uh, deep-fried Oreos, huh, and all sorts of delicious foods. I've also had some disasters. 
Toothpicks really do help keep light breads off the cooking element. Question of the week response. Is there an obscure TV show, preferably limited run? Yes. Uh, there are a lot of great shows that didn't make it past the first season or people have forgotten about in light of the creator's bigger successes. Night Gallery was a great show, but most people are more familiar with Rod Serling's other show, Twilight Zone. Night Gallery scared the hell out of me. Huh. Twilight Zone occasionally was like, oh, that's a bit creepy. Night Gallery, time after time. Really? Yeah. And it was oh. before Twilight Zone? Uh, or came after no, no, it? After came Twilight, after Twilight Zone. That's what I thought. Sorry, yeah. Color, Sorry. and it was like... Uh, uh, Rod Sterling stood in front of like all of these uh, uh, paintings, mm-hmm, and, I'm like, mm-hmm. and here's a story about this one. And there was one about a painting that was a, a guy, like it was of a grave, and I think it was like I want to say Roddy McDowell, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. But it was a picture of a grave, and then the grave was actually outside. Uh. And then you looked over there, and you saw a hand was popping out of the grave, and then like uh, a person was crawling out of the grave. The ca- every time you look back on the painting, he was getting closer and closer yeah, yeah. until like there was a knock on the door, and I think he died of fright. That's a cool one. Yeah, I I never saw the show, but I read a book of stories from Night Gallery. And I was like, when I was much younger, they did a parody of it on uh, or a parody of the intros on Simpsons as well. Okay, Voyagers was a family-friendly time travel show in the early 80s. It's pretty dated, but fun. My husband is slowly uh, watching his way through it. The show star John Eric Hexum uh, might have uh, become a huge celebrity had he not died tragically on the set of another show. Mm. Cover-up. Voyagers was fun, but it was up against 60 minutes and lost the ratings battle. Can't get in the way of Big Andy Rooney. Uh, Miracles was another show that didn't make it past the first season. It was created by Richard Hatem, who uh, later had a hit with Supernatural. Miracles uh, (laughs) focused on an agency that investigated the supernatural. It starred Angus McFadden and Skeet Skeet Ulrich. It kept getting preempted for Iraq war coverage. (laughs) Inspired by Firefly fans, there was a huge fan base movement to save the show. I donated to the fund to place a full-page ad in an entertainment industry publication. Didn't work. I didn't get to see the final six episodes until the show came out on DVD a few years later. I'd love listening to any show you choose to talk about. Sorry, uh, this show was called Voyagers? It was called, it was called, Mir- uh, well, there was Voyagers was a family-friendly time travel okay. show. Okay, oh, sorry. Okay. That was the one with John Eric Hexum. Oh, okay. Miracles was the one. Oh, Miracles, that's right. Sorry, sorry, yeah. That's okay. Um, I'd love listening to any show you talk about. I would even particularly enjoy reviews of the Avengers. Love, love, love the Avengers as a child. <laughs> I would rush home from school to watch uh, old episodes on A&E. Have a wonderful week. Uh, we will. I, uh, I wonder if that's where I watched the Avengers. When I, when I had cancer, I would watch the Avengers every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't do very much, but just lay around in a state of exhaustion. And yeah, I was on some channel. I was... That yeah, I watched. I watched uh, all of them. Not all of the color ones. They wouldn't show the black and white ones with Honor Blackman or, or Diana Rigg. Okay. But they would start with the Diana Rigg ones, and then they went right all the way to Tara King oh, ones cool. as well, and and showed how those. many seasons did Avengers run for? I think seven. Okay. I'm not. I'm, I'm just made that up. Now you got me. Now you got me wondering. So I'm going to look that up. Um, a show that I like that was it's I guess like miracles, but the opposite is called Evil. And uh, it's now only available on Paramount Plus. Oh, I have to get Paramount Plus, but it stars the fella um, from. Okay, who's the, who's the, what was the show that you liked with the guy who played Jesus? Uh, that was uh, that was oh, like, person of interest, right? It was the the guy from Lost. 
He's, yeah, yeah. he's like the main villain in this. Okay. And the actor who played Luke Cage is also in it. Oh. And it's really good. It's like basically something horror movie-ish happens every week. They kind of investigate it. You're never quite sure whether it happened or it, it didn't happen. But it's it's genuinely creepy and interesting and fun. And uh, and then it got, I guess, canceled. But then it got brought back, but just on the Paramount Plus network. Hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Oh, let's see. So That's 161 good. episodes of the Avengers TV series, which translates to six uh, series. Oh, six seasons. Okay. Six seasons. Yes. Huh. I was close. Close, were... but no cigar. Nope. But what if we count the new Avengers? <laughs> well, if you count the new Avengers, Dave, what I'm telling you about uh, the new Avengers, of course, you're talking about the new Avengers. Well, what you count there is that's two seasons. Well, never mind. Okay, well, please, I won't. <laughs> and that's the end of the web uh, uh, responses. Yeah. What uh, What say you about emails and such? Is, be there any? I don't think there was was any. Unless some came when I wasn't looking. People are going. People are going for the web. Here's people, a, here's a going question. I'm going to say for next week. Okay. What is something you have repaired around the house that you are proud of repairing and or went horribly wrong? Okay, we already asked the proud of things, so I think we should t- turn that around what is, here. What's something that went wrong? Yeah, that's better. That you tried uh, that ended up with perhaps a flood, perhaps <laughs> a fire, perhaps something along those lines. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean it was your fault. It's just no. that yeah, something something went wrong. Yeah, something went amiss that you tried to repair. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's no shame in this. We have all uh, messed up. No, we have all fallen short in yep. the face of God. <laughs> Wow. And by God, I mean Black and Decker. Yeah. That's what he means. Uh, and Dave, I just wanted to continue on a tradition here. Please and do. And say to you, yeah. I refuse to watch the latest Marvel movie. You refuse to go to the latest Marvel movie? I refuse. Movie. I know. Listen, since since the since the Avengers, yeah. we have on our show, yeah. uh, we have taken a firm stand yeah. to not see these Marvel movies. And then yeah. week after Week after week, the next week, <laughs> year after year, we will we will we yeah. will then have gone to see them. So it's, I'm so it's I, a hypocrisy writ large. But I think we've true. had enough time off. Yeah, uh, of the Marvel movies, sure. we have like broken free of that. We've also got listen, we got Loki TV show, we got Loki we TV show, and you and you have gone on record as saying that you prefer uh, TV shows, TV series, yeah, to movies. Absolutely, TV is so much better because I don't have to put on pants. <laughs> exactly right. And, you and have, I can watch I can yeah. watch them with my cat. Yeah. Whereas if I try to bring my cat to a movie theater, sure. they make him work as an usher. What's it? They put and a little jacket on yeah. him. They put a little hat. And I'm like, why does he have to wear a hat? And it's everyone like, knows that wearing no pants is the best way to eat a chili dog. Anyway, so we're not going to see Black Widow tonight. We're not going to go see Black Widow. Okay. No. Nope. We're going to we're right. going to watch TV. Um, <laughs> uh, it's all reruns tonight, but we're going to watch TV. Yeah. Cool. That's the plan. All right. Never going to happen. No Black Widow. No Black Widow for us. Uh, Swearsies? No. <laughs> Dave, what's the difference between Black Widow and Black Canary? Uh, Power-wise. Power-wise. Yeah. One can shriek really loudly. Okay. The other can kick really soundly. Very good. I think that's the difference. Okay. That's Excellent. As far as I know. So, everyone, you know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, this is all well and good. But how do I contact these two idiots? Well, what you do is you go to our website. It's called sneakydragon.com. You will find this show there. Mm-hmm. 
posted on the website, and you are more than welcome to leave comments there. And we appreciate them all. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, we read them all and commented on them, and uh, we're very polite. I would say, when you we're say? very polite. We're very polite people. We're Canadians. When you, know, when you say hi, guys, we say hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we responding kind. If you re- if you listen to our early episodes, people will go like, "Hi, Ian. Hi, David," and we respond with, "Shut up, your face." <laughs> yeah, we, we that's what during our Italian period. Cram it with walnuts, ugly. <laughs> that's later during our New York phase. Yeah. So you can leave comments there, and we do appreciate it. Or if you like uh, email. And you want me to read your message? You can go to sneaky d at sneaky dragon talk. I mean, you can write via yeah. sneaky d at sneaky dragon dot com. That is our email address. We are on Facebook at sneaky dragon dot com. Oh, we finally made it to Facebook. <laughs> we are on Twitter at sneaky underscore dragon. And I just want to say, Sarah, I don't. I really enjoyed your response to uh, to my my mishap. Last week, when when my mic was muted for the first three minutes of the show, believe me, I was laughing at that. And <laughs> was it intentional? I don't know. Who knows? How could you know? I don't know. You don't know because it is pretty. You just don't know. It is pretty interesting that after Ian being so <laughs> just so crazy, eh? so uh, distorted through, yeah. I oh just, my gosh! Who knows? It's the opposite of what you'd expect. It really is. It really is. You think like. Finally! Oh no! It's the whiff of the flip. Oh my gosh! You just don't think it's going to happen. All I'm going to say is that I did accidentally I did accidentally press a button, and that button was record. So thank you for listening to the show, everybody. We will be back next week. We may or may not have watched uh, reruns on TV. If we did, we'll let you know what we thought of them, and uh, we'll be back with uh, next week. Actually, is uh, the hat episode. We're going to be wearing hats, and if you're listening to it, you have to wear hats. That's just a rule. I didn't make it up. 502, that's what it means. So uh, everyone enjoy it. Mm -hmm. All right. So have a nice week. Take care of yourselves, and we will talk soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Thought uh, you thought five hundred was great. This is one better than five hundred, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. or not?